Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. ESPN released its power rankings for the upcoming season. Of course, the Chiefs are one, followed by Eagles, Bengals, Niners, Bills, rounding out the five. Cowboys were ranked seventh, while the Texans came in 31st. Houston head coach D'Amico Ryan still being coy on who will be the week one starter, saying, quote, we'll let you know who the starter is when we get to the Ravens. And the Rangers continue their series against the Diamondbacks at eight right here on San Antonio Sports Star. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Rob Thompson. Ginobili the other way in transition to the oh, for the left hand slam. I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? Begin each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R and R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning, good morning. Wake up and stop yawning. It is R&R in the morning. Rudy J, Rob is out. Pledge couldn't make it, so it's just myself and Edwin Easy e Hafner. Good morning, Edwin. How you doing today, sir? Pretty good, pretty good. Not a uh, button up for you. But. Yeah, you ain't button up. It's all good. I'm not button up today either. This shirt... um, it doesn't look as good buttoned up the collar. It's a little bit short, so when I do button the top button, if you tuning in to Early Birds on YouTube, you can see I'm not buttoned up today, but my collar is awake. The thing, you can't have the sleepy collar. If you're not going to have it, you got to go have, you know, if you're not going to go top button, you cannot have the uh, sleepy collar. Yeah, anyway, Rob texted me late last night. It was late. I don't remember. What time was it when Rob texted me? Oh, man, it was late, though. Was, I knew something was up when I got a text that late from Rob. Let me see what time it was. Like, almost 11 o'clock. Not feeling too well. Won't be in. I'm fine with that. From what I'm, from what I don't think he has, I don't think he got the cooties cooties, you know. I don't think he has the C word, but he wasn't feeling well, and I'd rather him not come in than come in with the cooties and, and spread it all around the studio because these studios, man, they're, they're airtight. So you come in here with the cooties, everybody going to get sick. So, yeah, Rob is out today. Pledger couldn't make it. Normally when Rob is out or if I'm out, Pledger comes in. But Pledger, I think he said he had a dentist appointment. You got to take care of your grill. You got to have it. See, Pledger's single. You know what I mean? Pledger's single. You When you're a single male, you got to have decent shoes and your grill can't be all jacked up. You know, you can't be smiling in women's face with your teeth all jacked up or your teeth all yellow. So Pledger couldn't make it. So, it's going to be myself and Edwin. Now, Edwin, I'm telling you now, I come from the Jordan School of Things. If I pass you the rock and you don't knock down the shot, I'm not passing you the ball again. So I have to be Steve Kerr? You, you, you got to be Steve Kerr. Or John you gotta Paxson. Craig Hodges, John Paxson. 
you know, maybe Pip. Maybe Pip. Nah, you Craig Hodges, you Steve Kerr, you John Paxson. Yeah, Pip Pip doesn't like to be second fiddle. No, nah, Pip don't like to be second fiddle. I mean, I wouldn't either, man. I mean, when you when you let your son, you know, get engaged to my ex-wife, you know, and my ex-wife used to babysit your son, and you're okay with that. Yeah, if I was Pip, I'd be upset too. That whole Pippin, uh, Larsa Pippin, uh, slash Michael Jordan's son. Um, no, his grill is, what up, Rudolph? Pledger's grill is straight. His his grill is perfect. That's what I'm saying. That's why he's going to the dentist to make sure it stays on point. Again, when you single, you got to keep that grill straight. But, yeah, the Larsa Pippen slash Michael Jordan Jr. situation is weird. I don't know. It's what's weird to me, though, with these um with these young ladies. You know, they they want divorces, but they want to keep the last name. Yeah, you know, I'm like Ike Turner. <laughs> now, I'm not like Ike in that sense, but in the movie, uh, what's love got to do with it when they were going through the divorce? He was like, hey, that's my, that's my daddy's last name. That last name got my daddy's blood on it. So, Larson, you don't want nothing to do with Scotty. You want all his money, but you want to keep his last name to keep yourself out so everybody knows who you are and what who you were. But that's a whole that's a whole um, other topic. Yeah, so no Rob, no pledge. It's all good. We're going to have us a good time. What is it, Tuesday? What's today? The 20 what, second? Yes, yeah, the 22nd, two days from my sister's birthday. So um, I'm sure uh, I'll be contacting her sometime this week, see what she's going to be up to. We have a lot to get to today, but first I want to get some uh, programming things out of the way. It is almost football season, and we're going to be loaded pretty much throughout the entire station. But right here on R&R in the morning, uh, beginning September 11th, well, actually, yeah, it'll be the morning after the Cowboys play. So let's say the Cowboys play on the Thursday night. This will be Friday. If the Cowboys play Sunday, it'll be Monday. If they play Monday, it'll be Tuesday. But starting September 11th, ESPN's Todd Archer will join us the morning after the Cowboys play during the season at 7.05. Fort Worth Star Telegram legend Clarence Hill will join us every Tuesday morning at 7.05. So you got Todd Archer and Clarence Hill. Just to give you a little background on those guys, there's one other guy that gets to get the first question when you're talking about Jerry, you're talking about Mike McCarthy. These guys are the heavy hitters when it comes to the Cowboys. So not only, of course, y'all know the two years I've been here. Well, hell, even before I got here, Jason and Rob uh, would have Coach Jason Garrett. This was Jason Garrett days. They would have Jason Garrett every day, ever, excuse me, once a week. And ever since I've been here in, uh, since July 21, since started with football season, we've had Coach Mike McCarthy on Friday. So we'll have Coach Mike McCarthy on Fridays at 7. But to give you a little background on Todd Archer and Clarence Hill, these are the big dogs, it's, along with John Mashota, who joins the Blitz every Friday at 5.30. These are the big dogs when it comes to covering the Cowboys. So if, you, if you're if you a big-time Cowboy fan, which most of you are, it's unfortunate, but hey, it is what it is. You're going to want to tune in the day after Cowboy game for Todd Archer and every Tuesday with Clarence Hill. Of course, Coach Trailer, birds up, triangle of toughness, all that good stuff. Don't eat the cheese. He's going to start joining us Monday, August 28th. Yes, so that next Monday we'll start our Coach Trailer weekly hits, and I'm sure he's going to be on the Blitz as well. Not sure which day on um on the on the Blitz that Coach Trailer will be. Jason and Joe let you know that Jason should be back today from his Metallica weekend. I'm sure that you're going to want to tune into the Blitz. So Coach Trailer starts Monday. Then, of course, blogging with the boys, RJ Ochoa, Fridays at seven thirty. He and I always have a good time arguing back and forth with each other. He is a uh, Dak um, lover apologist. 
Rudolph Gonzalez on the YouTube. Yeah, it's going to rain today. They say it's going to rain. What I, I, I saw that on the forecast, but uh, you're San Antonio. So you never know, Rudolph. It's supposed to rain today around, see, I don't even, oh, about 4 o'clock, which is perfect time because that's when it's hot. But with that rain, it's supposed to be dropped down to 87. So that's just some programming notes. Todd Archer, Clarence Hill, Mike McCarthy, RJ Ochoa, Jeff Trailer. And then, of course, with the Blitz, they're going to get Stephen Jones. They're going to get Jeff Trailer. They get John Mashota. So this is your one stop. Again, I've been listening to San Antonio radio for a long, long time. Long time. A lot of legends. Well, that's, that's I don't want to be. I don't want to reach. A lot of great talent has come through the San Antonio Airways, whether it be across the street, whether it be right here. But um, I don't I don't ever remember a lineup of guests like this, especially when just Stephen Jones and Mike McCarthy alone, let alone Coach Trailer, who again, I don't know how long he's did how long he's gonna be here in UTSA, but I'm just gonna enjoy it. He's a, a he's from Beast, Texas, like myself. Made his name, cut his teeth out there. So I don't know, but I don't remember any station or having a lineup like this. I can remember the Greg Popovich show across the street. Don, I think Don, Don, and I think Don and Pasacreti used to do that. I don't know, but regardless, it's a hell of a lineup over here, especially when you're talking about Archer, you're talking about Clarence, you're talking about McCarthy, you're talking about Stephen Jones. So San Antonio Sports Star, man, we're just trying to give y'all what the people um, want. So if you want to text us as well, 656. 3776 or 656 ESPN. Of course, chime in on YouTube. Hit us up on X at San Antonio Sports Star at Rudy J underscore star. Hit us up on Instagram, TikTok. I don't know if we have a Snapchat. Do we have a Snapchat? I got to ask Ryan. Ryan and Ryan's done a great job. And those that don't know Ryan, he's not, he's fairly new to our digital team, but he's been trying to get us old fogies to be more engaged on social media. You know, Rob did another video yesterday, which is shocking to see Rob, you know, knocking out his social media things. Joe's knocking out his social media things. You know, Jason and I, you know, Jason is more of a lifestyle social media guy. Speaking of Jason Minix, he's a lifestyle guy. He doesn't post much about sports. Like during games, he'll, you know, he'll tweet here and there and stuff like that. But for the most part, Minix is a lifestyle. I think me too. I'm more of a lifestyle poster myself and I'm trying to get more into posting about sports but the thing about it is I've always felt with the with social media and sports it's like damn well I don't want to give away all my takes on X or Twitter or whatever I'm just say Twitter man screw that I'm not going to fall into Elon's crap Twitter I don't want to give away all my 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 thoughts on Twitter and then go and repeat them on uh on airways I got four hours but then again Hell, I would I would think ninety percent of your followers on social probably don't even listen to the show. So I got to get more into, <coughs> excuse me, uh, more into tweeting live games and stuff like that. I I, I promise to do that during uh, football season. Bro gamer one two three on YouTube. Shout out to Harlandale fr- freshman football team. Yes, speaking of high school football, you know when I got here, I don't remember what happened. Yeah, Jason Minix, he was doing the show with Kevin Brock. It would not show. He would do his high school games with Kevin Brock. They had been partners for 20-some-odd years as far as doing Friday Night Light stuff. Well, a couple of weeks in the first year I got here in 2021, August, well, yeah, August through whatever, Kevin would have something to do family-wise, whatever the case may be. Shout-out to John Roberts, a statistician. He he keeps us on point in the booth. Kevin was out. He was like, hey, Rudy, you want to give color commentary a try on high school football? And I was like, what? You know, I've never done color. 
especially not for high school football. But I gave it a shot. I was okay. I was okay, you know, in my in my little fill-ins. And then 2022 hit, and football season rolled around, and Jason was like, dude, uh, Kevin's got stuff to do with his kids. He's not going to be able to do it this season. You want to do a full season? I said, what? I was nervous, you know. Um, the unknown makes you – the unknown kind of makes you weary. Like, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. But then I was like, you know what? Let's try it, man. You got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I did the full season last year, and I was okay. I was okay. I still I, – I can still get a lot better. So this will be my second full season as the starter. So I should be better this year. But we're going to start the high school football season off right here on San Antonio Sports Star this Friday, Brennan versus Steele out at Lynn Hoff Stadium. Now, keep in mind, well, I mean, and it's not, it's nothing new. Like football practice starts, I don't know, high school football. I never played high school football. I didn't want to get hit. Not ashamed of it, but I never played high school football, but it's well known that high school football practice probably started, what, a month or two ago? I don't know. You parents of high school football players, y'all could let me know. But Brennan hasn't even started class yet. My daughter goes to Brennan. She's going to be a sophomore. They don't start school until Monday yet. They got to play still this Friday out at Lindhoff Stadium, 7.30. Pre-game starts at 7, so the blitz will be from 2 to 6. Then you'll get pledged 6 to 6.30-ish. I don't know. You know what? I got to ask Tim on how that's going to work from 6 to 7. Well, pledge is going to be out on Friday. I, I'm, I'm doing the board for oh, you guys. So really? I, don't know, I don't know what's going to I got to ask Spence that if he, wake, if he wakes up. I don't know what time Tim Spence wakes up. But regardless, um, we get the pregame going at 7 o'clock. Jay, when Jason normally interviews both coaches that day, so he'll interview the Brendan head coach, interview Steel head coach, and we'll get it going. Now, from what I heard, they're calling this the peanut butter bowl. Brennan, families, Steel families, what? how the hell did this become the peanut butter bowl? I don't know, but I'm excited. You know, I'm very excited. We also get Judson and Steel to end the season. So we'll see if I've grown as a color commentary uh, high school football Whatever, color commentary host. Yeah, that thing. So that's programming. Uh, we got NFL gumbo. Of course, we're going to say, hey, you know, ESPN brought out their power rankings. Now, what they did with this power rankings this time, they added a little little caveat to it. They added, okay, well, if things don't go well for this team, who will be to blame? Now, we were in Oxnard a few weeks back, and I was worried. I like Mike McCarthy. He likes me. He calls me RJ. He calls upon me to keep Rob in check. And um, I said that Oxnard, if this thing doesn't go right, they're going to blame my guy Double M. That wasn't me. He's going, yes, he's on the hot seat. I didn't need ESPN and their power rankings people to tell me that because I know nobody ever wants to blame Dak. And I don't think, look, ESPN people, they're not always right. They're not. But these people that they put in these positions, they're smart, but that doesn't mean they're always right. But what they do know, they're smart enough to know that if this thing doesn't go right this year for Dallas, and what I mean by doesn't go right, I mean if they don't make it to the Super Bowl, if they don't make it to the Super Bowl, we're going to blame Mike McCarthy. Why? Because they know there's nothing anybody can do about Dak Prescott. Even Mike though, initiated. exactly, Mike initiated it. Yes, he got Kellen. Well, he didn't get Kellen Moore out of there, but he talked Jerry and Steven into not re-upping him. He did. So I, I didn't need ESPN rankings. Yes, of course, they didn't blame Mike McCarthy, and we'll talk about that next. Shakari Richardson 
smoked a little bit of weed, popped. Career started going on the downhill. Now she's back up just 100 meters last night from the ninth lane by place, by time, not by place. So shout out to Shikari Woods. And Sam Howell. Watched him last night. Sam Howell looks good. Edwin, don't get scared. Don't get scared. The commanders. And, oh, by the way, UT fan, that's Sam Howell, starting quarterback for the commanders. Drake May, probably going to be, what, top three pick next year, depending on who's up there in the top three. You know, y'all ran Mac Brown out of town. He's sending the quarterbacks to the NFL. I don't know about anybody else. I don't know about Charlie. Shout out to Charlie. He wasn't cut out for the job. He's a brother. Not many brothers coaching NCAA football, but I got to call a spade a spade. He wasn't cut out for that gig. A little bit, The light's a little bit too bright for him. Then Tom Herman comes in. They're supposed to be the savior. He don't do a damn thing. Is Sark going to send somebody to the league? Because Mac Brown's still, Mac Brown's all the way in North Carolina still sending guys to the league. So, I mean, I, I'm just saying. Quinn Ewers is about to be an NFL quarterback. Is he? Yeah. We're putting a whole lot on Quinn Ewers' plate. And the thing about it is everybody is high on Quinn Ewers based off the game against Alabama. Right? Am I right? Everybody was good against Alabama's defense. <laughs> That's what y'all are hanging y'all's hat on? Y'all hanging y'all's hat on a game against an Al- Alabama's worst defense, in my opinion, under Nick Saban. And, yes, that's what Will Anderson over there. Will Anderson was taking kind of easy, making sure he didn't get hurt. But he's shining with the Texans, so it was a great – it was a brilliant plan on Will Anderson's part. But, yeah, everybody looked good against Alabama's defense last year. What I want to know, and I asked my my buddy this Sunday, we're out at Golf Club of Texas playing golf. My buddy played uh, baseball at UT, so he's a huge UT honk. He has UT season tickets. I was like, Sam El- – okay, James Pledger, Sam Ellinger and Shane Bouchelle. All right, James, enough said. Nuff says Sam Ellinger's like 17th string, and I don't even know where that other dude is. Shane Buker, is that what he said? Bouchelle, he's he's Shane uh, Bouchelle. I don't even Mahomes is backup. Uh, uh, yeah, Shane Bouchelle and Sam Ellinger. All right, Sam Howe is starting for the Commanders. Drake May is going to start for somebody next year. Knock it off, James Pledger. Just go to the dentist. Get your teeth shined up, dog. Stop it. Y'all ran Mac Brown out of here like he was like, like he didn't know what the hell he was doing. And I'm, maybe Mac Brown was past his time, but all I'm saying is he's still doing his thing over there, turning out, starting, not third string, not 17th string, starting NFL quarterbacks. And Sam Howell looks damn good, and he's going to make the NFC East very, very interesting. As I said, I didn't need ESPN's power rankings to tell me who the hell the Cowboys are going to blame. But we're going to look at the power rankings. We're going to look at who ESPN says will be to blame. We're going to hear from Greg Olson. He's come to Dak's defense. It's going to be a very, very fun show. So sit tight. We're going to play the blame game. But I didn't need ESPN to help me with this. It's R&R in the morning. Rudy J, Edwin Easy E. Hafner. Everybody sit tight. The Jim Rome Show. Hey, Jim Rome here. And back in the military city of San Antonio. Weekdays at noon on 94.1 San Antonio's Sports Star. It's r in the morning. Rudy J. Easy E. My main man, Edward Hafner, in with me today. Rob is out with the cooties. 
Normally when Rob or myself is out, James Pledger will come in and, uh, you know, drop a dime, assist with the, uh, with getting us through the four hours, but he had other plans. He had to keep going, get the grill cleaned up. I'm not mad at him. Single man. You got to keep your grill on point, keep your shoes on point. So it's just myself and Edwin. And as I told y'all in the first segment, segment, um, if I pass the ball to Easy E and he don't knock down the shot, I'm not passing him the ball again. Edwin, this is, this is tough love, dog. This is the Mamba mentality. This is MJ. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pat you on the butt. You missed the shot when I come to you, dog. I'm not passing you the ball again. All right. No Tim Duncan type. No, we ain't no high five and after. No, this ain't no Tim Duncan. Pat you on the booty. This ain't Steve Nash. Pat you on the booty. Sorry, man. Keep shooting. No. You better knock down the shot when I come to you. Shout out to everybody on the Early Bird YouTube channel. James Pledger is up early. I don't know why he's up this early, but he says, so we're making a big deal out of preseason results all of a sudden when ones play against twos. Um, where was this energy produced? Look, the, this whole preseason thing with the Cowboys. I mean, look, I'm, I'm no Cowboy lover, right? I, I just call a spade a spade because I, unlike most of y'all, I don't live and die with sports anymore as far as like wins and losses. For me, I'm all about storylines and what's going to be good content for my show. I don't care. There was a time when I would wake up on Monday mornings and be distraught or after an NBA game, I'd wake up and be like, oh my God, I can't believe that. But like at, after the time, I was like, this is stupid. You know, you see these guys on vacation three or four days later. If you're James Harden, you see him at the strip club an hour later. Danny Green after 2013 went to club live and was high-fiving D Wade and LeBron like, hey man, congratulations. I was like, man, this is stupid. Why am I waking up at a job that I hate, <laughs> mad at the world over a game, and they they done packed up their families and they in the Maldives looking at clear blue water, chilling, and I'm at work mad and still got the same bills and still got the same problems. I don't give a damn who wins and who loses. But this whole cowboy preseason stuff, like you know, we're reaching, we're reaching because we're trying to get we're trying to get ourselves to the regular season. And so like. This whole backup offensive line crap. Nobody's offensive line backups are good. Like, are there some times where like you put you put a guy in and you're like, oh damn, it worked out. But for the most part, when it comes to offensive linemen, if you're the starting left tackle goes down, you are going to struggle. If Zach Martin goes down, there's nobody in the world. That's going to be able to come in and do what Zach Martin has done for the last 10, 12 years, however long he's been with the Cowboys. So, you know, I've heard, you know, RJ's been on our show. Well, the offensive line, backup offensive line is so hard. Yes, it is. It's, it's for everybody. Everybody's backup of backup offensive linemen stink as Patrick Mahomes. So there's that. But ESPN brought out their power rankings. But with the power rankings, they added on a little little side bit where it's like, hey, you know what? If things don't go right for said team, this is who we'll blame. Of course, and let's just go through the top five power rankings. Chiefs one, Eagles two, Bengals three, Niners four, Bills five, Dolphins six. You heard that? Dolphins six. Cowboys seven. Let's round out the top ten. Baltimore eight. Hmm. Chargers nine. And the Detroit Lions 10. So a couple of um, unusual suspects in there. When you look at the Dolphins, you look at the Lions, you look at the Ravens. I think those, uh, I don't know if I would have had them in the top 10. But when we talk about who will be the blame game, according to ESPN, on the hot seat will be Coach Mike McCarthy. Now, when I said this 
in, in uh, Cowboys training camp. I tweeted it out. Like, man, look, Mike is my guy. We're good friends. We chit-chat. <laughs> I'm exaggerating. But Mike is my guy. And I was like, look, I don't want it to be this way, but I know how this works. They're going to blame Mike McCarthy. RJ Ochoa took that tweet, retweeted it. Now, RJ Ochoa, I want to say, has like 80,000 followers. I, I don't know. It's something crazy. His following online is crazy. He, he was He got recognized by so many people when we were in Oxnard. Like, literally, people stopped. There was a cat that stopped his car and was like, dude, are you RJ Ochoa? So I saw that at least six times where people recognize RJ. So when RJ retweets that guy who handles the Cowboys and all of our interviews, and I won't, I won't say his name, but the guy that handles the Cowboys and gets us all the interviews and brings them over to us and tells us, hey, you got two minutes, you got to wrap it up. He let RJ know, like, hey, man, McCarthy hates that hot seat stuff. He hates that hot seat stuff. And RJ was like, dude, I didn't say it. I just retweeted it. And our and you know and he and he and that Cowboys handler was like that's worse, and I know what he meant because that you know when RJ has eighty thousand followers, it gets a few hundred retweets. Now it's on the hundred thousand people's timeline, and the thing about it is, I said that because I know what's going on. So what? Three weeks later, ESPN comes out and says, "Yeah, Mike McCarthy will be to blame." Of course it will because we refuse to blame Dak for anything since the beginning of time. We've blamed the quarterback. The beginning of time, everybody, Romo, whoever, go down the list. You name a quarterback, when things don't go right, we blame the QB. Not in this situation. For whatever reason, it's going to be on Mike McCarthy. Why? Because he changed offensive coordinators? I can think of a thousand coaches that have changed an offensive or defensive coordinator. Yeah, Mike did initiate it. That have changed coordinators for whatever reason. And again, Mike is, I mean, I don't know. Look, I liked what Kellen Moore did, but Mike could be justified and going to Jerry and Steven and saying, hey, man, give me a shot at this. Because what they were doing, they were doing the same thing over and over and, and, you know, expecting different results. And those different results just weren't happening. But the last time we saw the Cowboys in live action, number four was turning the ball over twice through 15 picks in 12 games. No blame. No blame. Instead, we come to his defense and we coddle him. So I wasn't saying that Mike McCarthy should be on the hot seat. That's stupid because the reason why it's stupid it's who are you going to go get with the cachet to get this team over the hump? The guy that you should have went and got if you were going to let Mike go, he's in Denver now. And, the you know, the urban legend is, well, Jerry's not going to bring anybody with real power because, you know, Jerry wants to be able to control everything and blah, blah, blah. This I don't know how true that is anymore. I feel like Jerry knows he's getting up there in age and he's kind of relinquished some of his power in certain areas. So I don't know if he's still at that point where he won't bring in a coach that is an alpha that he can't control. I don't know if that's still the truth. I don't know. I I feel like that's urban legend. I feel like there was a time when Jerry was that way. I don't know if he's that way anymore. To me, outside looking in, I feel like Steven has a lot more control than we give on. Yes. Is Jerry going to get in front of Mike and say what he wants? Absolutely. Absolutely he is. But I don't know if he's still the guy that's like scared to bring in a coach that's an alpha male that's going to stand up to him toe-to-toe because – from what we're told, you know, Mike has those Friday dinners with them, or, or I forget which day it is, but where they meet and Mike gives him his opinion. Hell, he let Mike initiate not bringing back Kellen Moore, so I don't think Jerry's that guy anymore. But who is the person that's supposed to come in and fix this? What coach? Who are you replacing them with? That's always the thing, whether it be all-star game, whether it be all-pro, whether it be top 75. Okay, you're going to get rid of this guy, but who are you bringing in? Now, when it comes to Dak Prescott – 
as I said, he has a lot of coddlers. And one of them is my, you know, my favorite color commentary guy right now in the NFL and Greg Olson. And this is what he had to say about Dak Prescott. Yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't necessarily you know, think it's fair. I, I, I've always been a big fan of Dak. I, I, I like him. You know, I like him personally. I, every time I meet with him for production meetings and whatnot, I come away really just impressed with his demeanor and his approach and his mentality. Um, you know, I, I think, frankly, what the, the knock on him, and I think if you ask Dak, he'd probably understand it, is twofold. You're playing quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. I think expectations and, and you know, spotlight doesn't get any bigger in sports than that position on that franchise. And then secondly, and I think this is the part that is justified, it se- you know, it seems like, in those playoff moments, things just kind of fall short. And I think he knows it. I think he's aware of it. I don't think necessarily all those playoff losses fall on his shoulders. You know, there's obviously throws and decisions and whatnot he'd love to do over. But I think he has played more than top-tier level football. Um, you know, they've been a top, they'll call it five offense for the last couple of years. I think transitioning to, to Mike McCarthy now calling the plays um, I think it's going to be a fascinating storyline. It's one that, that I know we're going to be following. We'll call a million Dallas games this year, which always makes it fun. But, you know, Kellen Moore, he wanted to throw it. He was going to put the ball in Dak's hand as much as he could. And when you throw it 40-plus times a game, you're going to have a couple turnovers. You're going to have a couple picks. I, I don't necessarily think that's going to be their, their uh, you know, kind of their process this year. I think they're going to be more of a run. They're going to be more a little bit more balanced, a little bit more conservative. And we'll see whether or not that's a recipe – for their offense to be successful because they've been a great regular season team. And now that, you know, the expectations and the next step for out in, out in Dallas is, all right, we got to stop just being a, a, you know, one of the top teams in the regular season and then getting to the playoffs and falling flat. Dak Prescott does not have an MVP. Last time I checked, he don't have an MVP. The guy in Baltimore does. The guy in Baltimore had to do a big time holdout and subliminal tweet and all the all different kinds of things to get his money. We question Lamar Jackson. We don't mind taking him to task for the way he plays. We don't mind taking Josh Allen to task for the way he plays in his red zone interceptions. We don't mind um who else we got here? We don't mind saying Jalen Hurts, there's no way he can repeat what he did. That's the other thing coming out of Cowboy Nation. No facts to back it up. No proof, no nothing. It's just, well, Rudy, Jalen Hurts ain't going to do what he did again last year. Based on what? So we have no problem coming after any quarterback except the beautiful and the loving and the handsome Dak Prescott. We got to make sure we say the right things about Dak Prescott. Does everybody want to be in Dak Prescott's like inner little circle? Like, what do, why, why is everybody coming to his defense? Why are we moving the goalposts for Dak Prescott? We don't mind questioning Tua. We don't mind questioning Justin Herbert. Russell Wilson has been to two Super Bowls. Two. Has a bad season because his coach is incompetent and we give up on him. But Dak, hold on, y'all. Well, we got to see and we don't know and he's elite and he's top tier. If Dak is elite, as Greg Olson just said, then the bar for elite is low. The bar for elite is Deuce Von Height. If Dak is elite. Love him. Great guy. I let my kids go over there and fish in his pond and play in the Dak yard. But it is what it is, and it's not that he sucks. Dak is far from a terrible quarterback, far, far from it. But we always blame Mac Jones got destroyed last year, and he had a defensive coordinator calling plays for him. But we're going to blame Mike McCarthy, who's won 24 games in two seasons. All right, whatever. Spurs. We talked about the new arena a lot, Edwin. 
But I don't think everybody knew that we were talking about the arena when we were talking about the arena. We're going to talk about that next. It is almost basketball season as well. No, it's football. We're going to, we're going to stick to football. Today's show is going to be heavy football. But I want to talk a little bit about the Spurs in this downtown arena. It's r in the Morning. Rudy J, Easy e Edward Hafner. r in the Morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning to all and to all a good morning. r r in the morning. Rudy J, Edwin Easy e Hafner sitting in with me. Rob is out with the cooties. James couldn't come in today. Well, uh, if you just tuned in, gave y'all some programming notes starting September 11th. After Cowboy Games at 7.05, ESPN's Todd Archer will join us. Then every Tuesday at 7.05, Fort Worth star telegram legend Clarence Hill will join us. Starting next Monday, we'll be joined by Coach Trailer. And then, of course, when the season starts, we'll be joined every Friday by Coach Mike McCarthy. On the same day, we'll also be joined by R.J. Ochoa, who, of the sports star crew that went to Oxnard, he was the rock star. I mean, it is what it is. You know, it is what it is, man. I don't mind giving flowers. When you're comfy in your skin, you don't mind giving another cat his flowers. I don't mind that. R.J. is a rock star. He, he, it just is what it is. Five, six people came up to him out there in Oxnard. Don't know him from a can of paint, but, like, they know him from Twitter. They know him from blogging the boys. So, dude's a rock star. He would, of course, y'all already know he joins us every Friday. Shout out to our YouTuber chiming in early. Rudolph always comes for me. He never agrees with me, and that's cool. I don't want you. I don't want y'all to agree with me. It's sports talk. If we always agree to be boring, but he says Pledger and Rudy will never be satisfied unless media in San Antonio starts bashing Dak for his play because all other guys in national media never give Dak a pass. I don't do national. I'm local. I'm going off what I see from my feed, from my followers, from my listeners. Y'all want to hold his hand crossing the street. Y'all don't want to let him cross the street. Y'all don't want to teach him to look both ways before he crossed the street. It is what it is. You know, uh, I'm not I'm not running from that. I'll give a damn. I mean, yes, I do. Look, I watch all the national shows. I listen to them all. I like to hear what they have to say. Hell, we play some audio. We're going to play some audio from Stephen A. Smith a little bit later on today. About one Stephon Diggs when we get into the NFL gumbo. The rule is brewing. So, yeah, I like all those national guys, but I'm just going off of what I see from what y'all tell me from, from the things that I hear in the streets. I'm local. It is what it is. Speaking of local, the San Antonio Spurs. A lot has been made. You know, we got Wimby and all that, and, you know, all of a sudden we start talking about a downtown arena. But we found out from the S, excuse me, San Antonio Express News that talks about a new arena actually – which is crazy that how this all worked out actually started well before we even got Wimby in the lottery in May. Now, remember last season, the Spurs played the Golden State Warriors in the Alamo Dome. Huge, huge success. Well, following that January 13th game, this according to Express News, I want to give them their props. Spurs general counsel Bobby Perez, Tech City manager Eric Walsh writing, quote, we need more games downtown. Now. That led to a pair of text messages actually from Walsh saying, look, man, let's meet up. So that led to a text message eventually Walsh and San Antonio Mayor Ron Nirenberg to meet with Perez and Spurs Sports and Entertainment CEO R.C. Buford April 11th at the Frostbank Center. At that time, it was AT&T, according to Express News. Now, details of that meeting remain unclear, the paper noted, but the revelation that such talks began before May 16th 
The date the Spurs landed number one draft pick comes to conversations heat up about whether the franchise need a new arena and where it will be located. But many assume such talk after the team landed French phenom Victor Wimbanyama is new to everyone. So we didn't do the draft lottery till May 16th. These talks about an arena downtown started happening. I mean, it didn't happen January, but around April they met. Now we don't know what they met about, but the again, the whole the way this all worked out, because again, I don't know if San Antonio wants to help chip in for a billion dollar arena if we got Scoot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If we got Brandon Miller. But I think you'd be a little bit more willing to pay a few pennies on a few extra pennies on the dollar when you got Victor Wimbanyama. Now, Victor ain't going to be able to do it alone. He can ask Kevin Durant. He can ask Dame Lillard. I can go on and on. LeBron James. I can go on and on down the list. The, the, the game has started, right? We got Victor. We got that. But without help, and I'm not saying that can't be Keldon or Devin. or I, we, I don't know that yet, yet. But all I'm saying is Victor is just the beginning. They're still going to have to put a great team around him. Now, this whole thing. Now, there's three teams that just recently got new arenas. Uh, I want to make sure I get these right. It was Milwaukee, the Barclays, and the Chase Center in San Francisco. They all boasted price tags of a billion dollars. And, you know, a lot's been going back and forth on social media. Now, the Spurs, if even if this comes to a point where this really gets in motion, they've never said that they were going to ask us for money. But if they do, that has been the social media debate on whether people want to help pay for the arena. Hell yes, I do. It's all we got. We got the Spurs, we got Fiesta, and we got Rodeo. That's all we give a damn about. We don't want an all-star game because the rodeo makes us way more money and it's way more of a rodeo is much more of a San Antonio thing than NBA all-star weekend will ever be. We're not an NBA all-star city. We have no, well, not me personally. I'm just talking about my city as a whole, as a majority. We'll give a damn about the NBA all-star game. We don't want that type of crowd. Well, most of San Antonio don't want that type of crowd here. So that's all we got. So if I got to pay a few extra pennies or dollars or whatever the hell it may be, to help out the Spurs, the thing that has made put us, put us on the map outside of SeaWorld? Hell yeah, I'm going to do it. Hell yeah, I want it. Hell yeah, I'm going to go down there and vote if we got to vote on it. If I'm not mistaken, I had to vote on the, uh, what, at the time, SBC Center. I voted yes. Why, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't that be a thing? You know, if Pop was on the other side of the fence of some of y'all's politics, this wouldn't be a conversation. A lot of y'all hate the Spurs because of Pop's politics and no other reason. Like, I ain't coming back down there until Pop leaves. All right, well, Sandy at Chase and Jerome at Wells Fargo, they could talk politics, but not but not Greg Popovich. That's what, Keep it real. That's why a lot of y'all are, are down on the Spurs, and that's why a lot of y'all don't want nothing to do with him. And guess what? He got a new five-year deal. So if that does come to a vote and Pop is still at the helm, it may be tough. It may be tough because, you know, a lot of people in power don't agree with a lot of stuff that Pop says. So we'll see what happens. I was just shocked to see that these talks started well before they even got Victor. So speaking things into existence in the universe and fruition and all that good good stuff, this stuff matters. Words have power. Spurs kind of knew they were going to get Victor. Maybe the maybe the lottery's rigged. Why else would Spurs brass be texting San Antonio City officials if they didn't already know that they were getting Victor? Maybe it's rigged. Maybe it's rigged. I don't know. I will, I don't care if it is rigged. This helped my city, so I'm all for it. I want to talk more about Blue Beetle. When we come back on the other side, we, Rob and I started a conversation yesterday about Blue Beetle 
And guy from KTSA, producer down the street, down the, you know, across the hall, Jimmy, came over here and he had some things to say. I want to talk more about Blue Beetle and culture appropriation and the way Latinos and blacks are depicted in big time Hollywood films on the other side. Sit tight. It's going to be a real quick segment, but I want to talk more about that because I'm, I'm still hype about the movie, but the conversation around it interests me a lot more. It's 94 1 San Antonio Sports Star on the morning. Y'all sit tight. Good morning, everybody. Joe Reinagle here. Coming up on The Blitz, we're going to talk to Indy Kalu, all things Houston Texans. Have they named a starter yet? We'll ask Indy. He's joining us at 3.30. Plus, we got a special treat just for you, a pair of tickets to the Cowboys-Raiders game this Saturday night. You'll have your opportunity. Rudy, Rob, y'all can't play. I don't have to play, Joe. I ain't got to play. I, I'm 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 the a co-host on the home of the Dallas Cowboys. All I have to do is reach out for a credential, brother. I don't need no ticket. I'm Rudy J, dog. You talking about? And yes, speaking of that, we're going to be giving away a pair of cowboy tickets weekly. We'll rotate. You know, one week we'll give away the tickets. The next week, the Blitz will give away the tickets. So obviously, you know, the Blitz. They're divas. They're spoiled. They get the first round because if we didn't give them the first round, Menix would probably be crying. Like, why would R&R get the first round of tickets? So we let them have the first round. So they're going to be giving away some tickets to that third preseason game up at Jerry's World up there at AT AT&T Center. We let them have the first round. So you want to be tuned in weekly, daily, because – and this is the other thing about this, about these Cowboy tickets. This ain't going to be no caller six. You got to work. The Cowboy tickets. This is this is precious real estate. These tickets are not cheap. So it ain't going to be no caller number seven. No, no, no. You got to work. We have to figure something out. We haven't figured out quite what we're going to do, but I digress. Tickets weekly to see your Dallas Cowboys. The Blue Beetle. Fantastic movie. I Look, last week, the commercial comes on. The trailer comes on television. I see Blue Beetle pop up. I look to Rob. Rob looks at me. Rob, I look at Rob. He looks back at me, and we're like, who the hell is the Blue Beetle? I didn't read comics. Rob didn't read comics, didn't know anything about it. Then my my, my my wife let me know, hey, you know, this is a, I don't know if you want to call him Latino, you want to call him Hispanic, you want to call him Mexican-American. He's the kid that played the lead in uh, Cobra Kai. If you watch Cobra Kai, I digress. Um, James Trevino down the hall, producer slash engineer for Tradeware's show on KTSA. He came down here yesterday morning and was like, he started talking about it. And I was like, man, I watched the movie. I loved it. I loved the movie. I didn't know anything about Blue Beetle. Didn't know him from a can of paint. But he said there's a portion, well, from what he's seeing on their timelines down there on KTSA, different type, diff, different group of folks, different group of thinking, don't like Bud Light down there. Fine, whatever. Um, saying, hey, a lot of people from the Latino slash Mexican-American community, some Hispanic community didn't like the, you know, I get, look, Best way I could put it is in my, in my terms from where I'm sitting as a black male, Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry movies, right? They have a lot of um, a lot of stuff that supposedly goes on in the black community, stereotypes, a lot of stereotypes in Tyler Perry's movies. Him and Spike Lee have gone back and forth for years. Spike Lee, great filmmaker, huge Nick fan. I think he's the reason why they haven't won ever. He's a jinx. Spike always went after Tyler Perry because he said, look, you have too big of a platform because Tyler Hughes got his own studio. 
$200 million home, jets, like he, he was homeless to build what he says. Spike Lee's thoughts is like you have too big of a platform to always depict black people in this one lane. I get that. I get that. I understand where Spike is coming from, but at the same time, if some of those stereotypes that Tyler Perry's depicting are true, then it is what it is. Same thing with the Blue Beetle. I'm sitting there with my wife, with my daughters, and then you know, yes, are there some there are there some stereotypes from the Latino community in the movie and some things that they do that they only understand that they know absolutely. Is that going to rub some people from the community the wrong way? Yes, because you kind of like, oh, we finally get a superhero and this is what the movie is based around. Like the stereotypes from the Latino community. Look, this is DC. This is big time film. I remember when I remember when Black Panther hit. I was happy. It matters. It matters. It really does. You look. We we had good times, okay? Fred Sanford, we were always depicted in the light, like, look, oh, poor guy in the projects. Then, you know, we got the Cosby show. He was a lawyer. Well, his wife was a lawyer. He was a doctor. We're like, hey, okay. We, I get it. I get it. Sometimes you want to be depicted in a different light. But if you get a DC superhero, whether I know who the Blue Beetle is or not, that is still a huge, huge deal. And while did it come with some stereotypes? Absolutely. And it, are you allowed in that community? And that's not a conversation for me to have. That's a conversation for the Latino slash Hispanic slash Mexican American community to have amongst themselves. I can't tell y'all how to feel because as a black man, I hate to be told how I'm supposed to feel. I hate that. Like, well, you shouldn't blah, blah, blah. Like, don't tell me. You never walked in my shoes. So that's a that's a conversation for them. But what I'm from where I'm standing, from where I'm looking, from where I'm sitting, I'm like, that's a huge freaking deal. And I watched the movie and I've watched it all the way through the end. It looks like they're going to get a part two. I don't know how much the movie's grossed. Maybe you can look that up for me, Edwin. I don't know how much it grossed over the weekend. or Well, I'm not sure when it came out. But regardless of the fact that the inclusivity of it is huge to me. To me. But yes, there were some undertones and some stereotypes that are going on in there that some people from that community may not like. What did, we, what did they gross right now? Where are we at? Number one again, 21 million. It's up to 56 million in North America and an eye-popping 1.28 billion globally. Look, when you spend, I probably, I'm looking, when I watched the movie, they probably spent 200 million. Probably spent 200 million to make the movie. You're at a billion. They're going to make another one. They're going to make another one. I saw Ludacris say that. Everybody comes up to Ludacris asking, why do y'all keep making Fast and Furious? Because it makes $800 million every time it comes out. To me, it's a huge deal. Happy for the Latino community slash Hispanic community slash Mexican American community. But the conversation about how you depict it as that community, y'all got to have that conversation amongst yourselves. I had no problem with it. I just watched it for what it was. I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was a good storyline. And I look forward to seeing part two. I mean, my daughters are half Hispanic, half Mexican American, half Latina, whatever you want, whatever the appropriate term is. I'm not sure. I don't want to offend anybody. But so I'm happy for them to see T'Challa in the Black Panther. I'm happy for them to see the Blue Beetle. It matters. It matters to the little kid that's Latino. It matters to the little kid that's black. So props to DC, props to Hollywood for even putting that out there. What are your thoughts? 656-3776, culture appropriates, because there's this champ, there's this streaming thing called Tubi. You ever heard of Tubi, Edwin? Tubi? You never heard of Tubi? Then there's some urban films on Tubi that are just gosh awful. 
Well, I actually have it for free, yeah, on my phone. Have it you ever can... watched any of those urban movies, like? Just some of the other, like, have you ever watched like some older of the- movies? But you mean the ones that are just like just for Tubi? <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. There's some of them are kind of weird, but <laughs> you ain't got to say weird. They're awful. Some of them are awful. Now that I'm like, come on now, come on now, like that's what we doing. But yes, sometimes you go tune into a black movie. It's gonna be Sunday dinner. You're gonna see some, you know, see some fried chicken. Then they're gonna go to church, and somebody's gonna get up out of a wheelchair that's been paralyzed for forever and then get up and walk toward the pool pit like yes i get it but man it is what it is we know how hollywood is we know how this world works you got to get what you can get so yeah let me check here on the text message tell rudy whoa (laughs) what did i say i didn't say anything anyway seven o'clock it's time for the nfl gumbo adam schefter audio we're going to talk about the colts They've granted Jonathan Taylor permission to seek a trade. Nobody's a bigger target than the Cowboys, no matter what ESPN tries to tell you. And does Stefan Diggs still want out of Buffalo? We got a lot to get to at 7 a.m. It's R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake me up. Rob Thompson. You don't believe the other way in transition to the Cowboys. Oh. Oh. I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? Yeah. each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning. Good morning good morning wake up and stop yawning it is r&r in the morning rudy j edwin easy e hafner sitting in with me today rob is out got a little bit of the cooties a little bit of throat a little bit of this a little bit of that i say hey man just stay home i want no part of that i'm too old to be getting sick so rob is out today normally when rob or myself is out pleasure will sit in with his pleasure had other things to do not only that he works 90 hours a week so I, I'm not mad at him that he couldn't wake up this morning. It's, I'm cool with it. If you're just tuning in, though, uh, what we've talked about today thus far is, you know, along with the ESPN Power Rankings, they put a little caveat alongside it saying, hey, if it does not go well for this team, this person will be to blame. And, of course, they said they're going to blame Mike McCarthy. I knew that. I said it at training camp. Started a bit of a firestorm. Like It kind of felt like San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, man, we let you on campus. We're giving you all these great interviews, and then you turn around and your morning host says, our coach is going to be on the hot seat. I don't think he should be on the hot seat. I just know how this works. I knew they were going to try and blame my guy. I didn't need ESPN to tell me that. ESPN is three weeks late. They should have had me in on that panel doing that. So we discussed that. We discussed that the Spurs, well, according to Express News, after the January 13th game against the Golden State Warriors downtown, Spurs reached out to city council and said, hey, man, we need more games downtown. Then the city council reached back out to the Spurs and Mayor Ron Nirenberg. They reached out and said, hey, they had a meeting in April with Spurs Sports and Entertainment CEO R.C. Buford. Details of that meeting aren't disclosed, but we would like to think that that meeting was about the Spurs getting a new arena downtown. But that was in April. The draft lottery didn't go down until May. So the talks of a downtown arena started before they even they got Victor. Because to me, from where I was sitting, you know, we came in here and the way it looked to us when we heard about the downtown arena was like, oh, okay, of course. 
Of course we're talking about a downtown arena. We got Wimby. The Wimby effect. That's been that's been the term thrown around quite a bit here on 94-1 San Antonio Sports. Well, no, it wasn't the Wimby effect. It was just, hey, it's about that time. You know, the SBC Center, the AT&T Center, the Frost Bank Center. A little old, a little outdated when you look at Sacramento's uh, barn. You look at Milwaukee's barn. You look at the Warriors' barn. You look at some of these new arenas around the league, you're like, man, yeah, it's probably about that time. Now, I know they did about, I don't know, I want to say it was like, it was a bunch of millions. It was a bunch of millions they put into the AT&T, well, the Frost Center, excuse me, a.k.a. the Ice House. They put some money into it, but still not up to par. It's about that time. And as I said last hour, if it comes down to it and we got to vote, if we want to help pay, absolutely, I'm going to vote yes. It sucks. I know it sucks because we know these people have the money. You know, Rob always tells me, Rudy, never feel sorry for billionaires. And ever since then, I don't. I don't feel sorry for them. But if they want a little bit of help, I'll help them a little bit. That's all we got. We got the Spurs. We got the Rodeo. And we got Fiesta. That's it. That's what we lay our hat on. Love my city. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else unless the money's right. <laughs> if the money's right, I'll move to just about anywhere. You see my hat I got on here. Look at my hat on YouTube. Got the city on my back and on my hat. So if it came down to it and they were like, hey, you know what, y'all, we need a little bit of help. We need a little bit of money. I'm down. I'm down. Let's tax the the tourists. Tax them. You know, they're coming into our city, you know, drinking up our water, using up our little little bit of AC we have. Tax them. What do I care? When I go out of town, California don't feel sorry for me. They tax me what they tax me. Florida, wherever we've been up. Philly, been to New York. They don't feel sorry for me. Tax the tourists. What do I give a damn? Eric Montez on YouTube. How big will the new one be and how many seats? NBA isn't going to be more than 20, I would say, Eric. NBA is around 18,000, 18, uh, normally 18,000 to 20,000. Baseball is about 45, 50. And then football, depending on where you're at, could be anywhere from 75 to 105. So I think that's about standard. It'd be, I don't think it'd be more than, more than 20, somewhere between 18. And uh, 20,000. Now, where? That's a Rob question. He drove the riverboats. He knows downtown like the back of his hand. How the parking work. Uh, that's, uh, that's, you know, above my pay grade. I was just shocked to hear that these talks started well before we even got Wimby. So that just lets you know, man, the, the power of the universe is real. Or the NBA draft lottery is rigged. And they know that's the best place for an international player to be. What, San Antonio? They see us on the down. We know, you know, we we're... we're we're part of the NBA fabric. We're a part. We're one of the few cities that can call themselves Title Town. NBA got to take care of Title Town. Make sure we got Victor Wimbanyama. Bro Gamer 123, YouTube, Spurs organization knew about Wimby, and that's okay. Exactly. Exactly. If it's rigged, what do we give a damn? It's benefited us three times. Three. We have a team still in this city because they rigged it for us to get David Robinson. I'm okay with that. This team might already be in Vegas. Somebody will be in Vegas soon, and it'll probably be owned by the LeBron James team and probably a couple other billionaires. I digress. NFL gumbo. Adam Schefter. Jonathan Taylor. This whole thing is a mess. Like, is he hurt? Is, ain't he hurt? Jim Irsay's caught throwing him under the bus. This is what Adam Schefter had to say about star running back Indianapolis Colts, Jonathan Taylor. A standoff 
that has been going on all summer is now continuing with the Colts giving permission to Jonathan Taylor to seek a trade. Now, they're not just going to give him away. They're going to look for a high price in return if they wind up dealing Jonathan Taylor. And keep in mind that any acquiring team would have to satisfy not only the Indianapolis Colts, but also Jonathan Taylor, who's in search of a new contract. But essentially, you're going to see teams trim their rosters and make a ton of moves next week by Tuesday's 4 p.m. Eastern deadline. And one of the big moves, maybe the biggest, could involve a blockbuster trade that would send Jonathan Taylor somewhere. Carolina Panthers or the Chicago Bears? Jonathan Taylor needs to go somewhere where there's a young quarterback at play. I, you know, there's a, you got your Jordan Love, but he has he has Aaron Jones. You know, there's a few other young quarterbacks they already have. I mean, you talk about Justin Herbert. He already has Austin Eckler. Cowboys have there. They're not going to do it. Um, I feel like, you know, the Giants, they got Saquon. I would throw Buffalo in there, too. I don't know their salary cap situation, but the reason I have Buffalo a distant third to Chicago and Carolina is because they've had opportunities to go after different running backs, and they haven't. So for whatever reason, they don't feel like they need that big-name running back. But now, when you're Carolina, you got rid of Christian McCaffrey. You had paid him a whole lot of money. Now, the thing is, you're not going to have to pay him the $16 million that you were paying Christian McCaffrey. Um, Christian McCaffrey got paid before the lockout of the running back. So even if you bring in Jonathan Taylor, because just like Adam Schefter just said, look, you're going to have to satisfy Jonathan Taylor, meaning even if you trade for him, Jonathan Taylor still may not show up if the contract isn't right. But if you're Carolina, you could probably still come in around 10 to 12, 10 to 12, and you'd be saving four or five million dollars. Well, you know, four to six million dollars, depending on where you land from what Christian McCaffrey and, you know, Unfortunately, Christian McCaffrey's time in Carolina was marred by a few injuries. Now, Jonathan Taylor's had his own, but I don't think they've been to the extent of Christian McCaffrey. You have Bryce Young, and the best protection for a young quarterback is a really, really good running back. So that makes sense to me. Uh, Ed, when you pull up the Rams, uh, the Rams are still in my eyes. They're still rebuilding. If I'm the Rams, I'm not doing that just yet. I'm talking about teams that, you know, oh, well, hell, so is Carolina and Chicago. But the Rams just went through a situation where – they overpaid for a Todd McGurley. They overpaid for Jalen Ramsey and Bobby Wagner and Von Miller. I don't think I think they're going away from that just for the time being. But Chicago, you got the cap room. Your Carolina, I'm sure you got the cap room. And you got young quarterbacks that need the protection. You bring up the Washington Commanders. I like the the Washington Commanders. They have the the kid from Alabama. Yeah, they already have. Oh gosh, running back's name Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson. I don't need him. I don't need Jonathan Taylor if I'm if I'm the Washington Commanders, and which is a great lead-in to the next part of this NFL gumbo. The Washington Commanders were eight and eight without a quarterback. Eight and eight without a quarterback. Ron Rivera screwed that up. Ron Rivera brings back Carson Wentz at the end of the season when Carson Wentz comes back from injury. They lose a couple games. They end up missing the playoffs. Sam Howe, from all reports, the first two games. Look really, really good. And I think he I think the Washington Commanders could actually make some noise if he's not turning the ball over. We out the defense to me, regular season wise, preseason's been a little shaky, but who hasn't looked shaky in the preseason outside of, you know, Seattle, a couple of other teams. There's some teams that have looked good in preseason, but I don't give a damn. The team that normally goes four and on preseason doesn't do a damn thing in the regular season. I know the commander's defense is gonna be good. 
And I know they're going to be better offensively because Eric Bieniemy is holding guys to a different standard if they buy in and don't keep crying and whining and going running to Ron Rivera and running to the GM and asking, can they get a, a face-to-face with Magic Johnson? Can he help out about Eric Bieniemy? Sam Howell's going to play the way he's been playing thus far and the way he looked in little, you know, little, a few spots here and there for the Washington Commanders. NFC East is up there with one of the best divisions of football. I know the Cowboy haters and the Giant haters and Philly haters don't want to hear that, but it's facts. They sent three teams to the playoffs, and all three teams won a game. Did you hear that? They sent three teams to the playoffs, and all three teams won a game. So is it still the NFC least? Now, the Giants beat Minnesota, but they still won a game. The Cowboys beat a terrible Tampa Bay team. They still won the game. And the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. So, anyway, ESPN, another thing ESPN is trying to do, Edwin, and I saw this all day yesterday. The New York Jets, are the they got the biggest target on their back because of Aaron Rodgers, because of the hard knocks, and they got Dalvin Cook, and blah, blah, blah. Stop. I don't give a damn about no damn Aaron Rodgers. I don't give a damn about no hard knocks. The biggest target has and always will be the Dallas Cowboys. They're going to get everybody's best. Now, do they beat a lot of teams even though they're getting that team's best? Yes. They've won 24 games in the last two years. But nobody, the team, if you got the Cowboys on your schedule as an NFL player, that is the game you circle. I don't give a damn if you're playing the Jets. You think Philly is more worried because obviously they play the AFC East alongside the Dallas Cowboys just like the Dallas Cowboys do. You think the Eagles are more worried about the Jets? No, absolutely not. I don't give a damn. Aaron Rodgers, very Hall of Famer, one of the best to ever do it. Only been to one Super Bowl, but still one of the best to ever do it. They're not the biggest target. Yes, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch them. They're gonna be on national TV a lot. I get it. Yes, I'm gonna watch them. But they're not a bigger target than the Dallas Cowboys. Nobody will ever be a big. That's why do you think the Cowboys have the highest rated games on every station? Because we tune in to watch them lose. The Jets aren't breaking no damn Cowboys Sunday night records. Well, if they let's say they do. When the Cowboys get back on Sunday night, they'll break the record again. Don, Stephen A. and Dan Orlowski and everybody trying to make this out to be something that it's not. Yes, big deal that Aaron Rodgers is in New York. One, he's on the wrong team in New York. The Jets have always been little brother. Even with Aaron Rodgers there, it's still a Giants town. Yes, I said it. It's still a Giants town, even though Aaron Rodgers is there. They're not even the biggest target in their own city. Knock it off. But Sam Howell, Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott. At the end of this season, is it possible Dak Prescott is the fourth best quarterback in the NFC East? Y'all ain't ready for that conversation, are you? You're not ready to have that conversation, Edwin? He's going to be, at worst, the second-best quarterback in the NFC East. Daniel Jones under Brian Dayballs looked pretty good. Through 15 touchdowns last year only. So, what are you saying? Dak threw 15 interceptions. He also threw 23 touchdowns. At the, I said at the end of this season, it is possible Dak Prescott could be the fourth-best quarterback in the NFC East if Sam Howell is the truth. If Sam Howell is the truth, Dak may have just dropped all the way down to the bottom of the NFC East. But they're going to blame McCarthy, so it won't matter. 
It won't matter. They're going to blame McCarthy and say he shouldn't have took over the offense. Dak was much more comfortable with Kellen Moore. He just never got comfortable in Mike McCarthy's system and these installs and Tony Pollard, blah, blah, blah. Woo, woo, woo. It won't be Dak's fault that he's the fourth best quarterback in that division once the season ends. At Mario Cavazos on YouTube, bro, if Dak is the worst quarterback by becoming a bus driver and make it to the chip, I'll take it. Yeah, you damn right, Mario. You damn right. See, I'm smart enough to understand that this whole game manager thing is not a bad thing. We all can't be um, Peyton Manning and John Elway and Patrick Mahomes. Now everybody's going to be that. There's nothing wrong with living to see another day. Dak said it himself last week. Look, there were some times where I, I you know, I got to throw the ball away and just punt. There's nothing wrong with that. Russell Wilson has a ring because he's a game manager. Nothing wrong with that, and is that it's not a thing you should run from. But now, if I was a quarterback, to give to be a professional quarterback, got to have a little bit of an ego. My ego would be a tad bit bruised, and I probably would take some chances that I shouldn't take because you're attaching something to my name that has a negative connotation. So I get where quarterbacks are kind of like standoffish from that. So I get it. But actually, if you know football, there's nothing wrong with it. I'd much rather him have ten interceptions. And give the defense a chance to go out there and make plays and let them do what they do. If anything, hell's hell, the defense is going to get the ball right back. They've led the league in takeaways two day, two years in a row. So there's that. Text message, I am drunk. I might be. I visit Texas Cheer Liquor a lot. You're killing it, Rudy. Thank you. Appreciate you at 2185. You didn't put your name, so I ain't going to say your whole phone number. Um, What else we got on the NFL gumbo side? Uh, Bigger target, Stefan Diggs. This story is weird because the most times when you got a quarterback that a lot of people hype up, like, you know, Josh Allen, you kind of love playing with him, especially if you're Stephon Diggs. Buffalo paid him. Buffalo went and got him out of Minnesota, got him away from Kirk Cousins, got him paid, made him, you know, made him a star. But according to Stephen A. Smith, Stephon Diggs may still want out even after he rekindled things with Josh Allen. You got Stephon Diggs, this brother all-world receiver, but clearly wasn't happy, walked out, didn't want to talk to nobody. They came into training camp. They had some friction. They had to get settled and all of this other stuff. Brother wants out, by the way. I'm just telling you what I know. I got my own sources. Brother wants out. He don't want to be in Buffalo anymore. He don't want to. I'm telling you right now. I have my sources. Stephon Diggs got to be there, but he would prefer to be gone because he's lost a level of belief in the Buffalo Bill. That's right. I said it's Stephen A, baby. I'm not. I'm telling you what I know. Okay. You, they, they don't deny. They can tell you what I have my sources. I'm telling you what I know. All right. But he's not going to force his way out. He know he got to be there and they got to perform. But he ain't feeling the Buffalo Bills the way that he once did because he feels there's a window of opportunity that they may have missed out on. Josh Allen's got to show them that's not true. Weird. Weird. RJ Ochoa, we talked about this. Uh, we talked about this with RJ Ochoa when we were at camp and this whole thing that the Diggs brothers want to play together. Now, of course, Trayvon just got his bag. Jerry just threw a bag to Trayvon. Um, at some point, CD's going to get his bag. Maybe you don't have Brandon Cooks around that long. But I, the Dallas thing is a long shot to me. I think. I think a lot of this comes from them hiring Ken Dorsey as the offensive coordinator. I don't think he cares for Ken Dorsey. I think he's trying to get Ken Dorsey fired more than he is trying to force his way out or want his way out or want to go play with Trayvon. That's such a long shot. Now, if that were true, yes, I think there's a that's a no-brainer that Jerry would try and make that happen. Now, does that mean you're going to 
let go of CD Lamb because you ain't gonna pay two receivers forty million dollars. That's just stupid. Jerry is a smart man. Steven is a smart man. That ain't that ain't happening. So the only way that happens is if you're willing to let CD walk. And I, I don't see I don't see that happen. I think CD gonna get his bag here shortly too. So I think this is more about the play calling and what what Ken Dorsey is bringing. We've seen guys be disgruntled, especially at that position with the way plays are called and what Josh Allen's doing. You know, I respect Stephen A's opinion. He's a uh, he's a killer well. He's a great white in this industry. He does have sources. But to, considering that they supposedly rekindled and they, they kissed and made up him and Josh Allen and him and the coaching staff, it's weird to hear these things still going on. But if Stephen A says it, I'm going to take his word for what it is, and I'll wait to hear from Stephon Diggs. Did he go to Twitter already? A hundred percent not true, according to Stefan Diggs' Twitter account. I don't know who the source is, but I thought I nipped this bleep in the bud already. So he already went to Twitter and, and shot down Stephen A's thing. Again, I don't. It is what it is. You have to say that. So Stephen A's source could be full of crap. Stefan Diggs could be full of crap. We'll let it all play out. Buffalo Bills, according to ESPN's power rankings, they're number five. On ESPN's power rankings, although the guy, what's my man's name that comes on after us? He just fills in for Greeny all the time. Carlin. Carlin says he don't even think that Buffalo's going to make the playoffs. I think Carlin's a little bit crazy. Probably been to Texas Cheer Liquor more than myself. I think Buffalo makes the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I think they make the playoffs. Um, YouTuber Nick Mantis, shout out to Nick. Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny are real. I have my sources, so you got to believe me. You know what? I'm tired of y'all. Twitter chiming in, well, X, at Coop Nation 1. Hey, it's possible Dak is the fourth best quarterback this year. Also possible, he's, well, he said, hey, if it's possible Dak's the fourth best quarterback after this year, it's also possible he's the best quarterback in this division after this season. That's according to Malcolm C. So he's passing up Jalen Hurts. What You know what? We're going to stop this. On my watch, we're there. I'm not take there. There will be no Jalen Hurts slander on my watch, and I ain't no damn Philly fan. I ain't no Bama fan. I damn sure ain't no Sooner fan, and I don't know Jalen Hurts from a can of paint. But every single year, he's gotten better. Where is this moonwalk coming from? What are y'all talking about? Other than just flat out ego hate. Every time y'all bring up Jalen Hurts and talk about him moonwalking, I'm gonna be on y'all's ass. Because there's nothing factually to back it up. Nothing. You have nothing to back it up other than just because. There's no way he's going to do it again. Okay, well, give, give me a reason. Other than you, you you hate the Eagles. At Spurs and Salsa, stop trying to hype up Daniel Jones like he hasn't been in the league for a while. Hey, man, let me tell you something, Mr. Dyer. Your coaching matters. They can ruin careers or they can make careers. Patrick Mahomes ain't Patrick Mahomes if the Bears draft him. He's not. He went to the perfect situation. Patrick Mahomes is a dog. He is the man. He does the no-look passes, the ability to, you know, extend plays. Patrick Mahomes is the man. He wasn't winning Big 12 titles. Okay? Didn't have the players around him, didn't have the coaching staff around him. Really threw a whole bunch of yards because they were always behind, threw for a 1,000 miles. If Patrick Mahomes doesn't fall all the way to 10 and he goes to the Bears or somewhere else, he ain't got two Super Bowls. 
So when you say, well, stop hyping up Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones finally has a coach that gets it and gets him and understands it has put him in the best situation possible to go and win a playoff game. Your coaching matters. It does. I've seen coaches, I've seen coaching staffs, I've seen organizations ruin solid quarterbacks because they don't put the proper things around them. And I've seen them elevate quarterbacks because they put them in the best situation possible, a la Patrick Mahomes. The best, possibly could be the GOAT one day, but the best system quarterback of all time. I said it. I got a lot of problems. Stuttering ain't one of them. System matters. R&R in the morning, 94-1. We get back. Super Bowl dark horses. Keep that in mind. Before y'all kill me on Twitter, before you kill me on the text message, before you kill me on YouTube, I'm going to give you Super Bowl dark horses. Dark horses being they're more than likely not going to win, but I'm going to give you a few anyway. Rudy J, Edwin Easy E. Hafner, R&R in the morning on 94-1 San Antonio Sports Star. It's Dallas Cowboys football on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. This Saturday, it's the Cowboys and Raiders at 6 p.m. Prescott's going to throw it in the left side of the end zone. And it's Gallup behind the defender. Touchdown. Touchdown, Cowboys. Presented by AA Best Bail Bonds, the law office of Jesse Hernandez, the Texas Chunkla, Ewald Kubota, Mother's Window Tint, Woods Comfort Systems, and 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Energy companies raising your rates and then telling you to reduce your usage? Don't reduce, produce. At Roof Fix Soul Energy, take charge of your energy costs and keep your home as cool as you want. Sign today and we'll pay your utility bill until your solar's installed. Plus, capture a 30% tax credit and a $600 rebate. That's no money out of pocket and never pay a high utility bill again. Call 210-454-2400 or visit RoofFixSA.com. Roof Fix. Home of the low price guarantee. Are you enrolled in Medicaid or a program like CHIP? Many people in San Antonio are at risk of losing their coverage. Access to affordable, quality health care is important to physical and mental health. Metro Health reminds you to update your information with Texas Health and Human Services. Look for a yellow envelope in the mail that says Action Required from Texas Health and Human Services. For assistance with your Medicaid renewal, call Enroll SA at 210-977-7997 or log into your Texas Benefits account and renew today. Have you or a family member been arrested? The law office of Jesse Hernandez, the Texas Chancla, can help regardless of the legal battle you are facing, personal injury, or criminal defense. Attorney Jesse Hernandez and his team are ready to fight for you. Calls are answered 24 hours a day and seven days a week. Call 210-807-8656 or visit jessehernandezlaw.com. That's 210-807-8656 or jessehernandezlaw.com. The law office of Jesse Hernandez, the Texas Chancla. Does that knee pain keep getting worse? How about the pain in your shoulder, hip, or back? Don't let them tell you that steroids and surgery are your only option, and take my advice now to call QC Kinetics. Hey, it's James Pledger with San Antonio Sports Star, and QC Kinetics can make that pain go away with all-natural, advanced, regenerative medicine. They help people here every day with these amazing natural treatments that restore and repair damaged joint tissue. It's like turning back the clock. Regenerative medicine uses concentrated healing agents from your own body to stimulate that damaged tissue in your joints so they work like they're supposed to and there's zero downtime to it. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in this exciting medical breakthrough and patients here are getting real, lasting relief. And they're saying no to surgery and drugs. If you have pain due to injury or arthritis, you need to check this out and the consultation's free. 
Call QC Kinetics now at 210-571-0318. That's 210-571-0318. 210-571-0318. Locations in Hollywood Park, Westover Hills, and New Braunfels. Lowe's knows how to save pros time and money. Right now, take up to 40% off select bathroom vanities. Plus, get free local truck delivery. And there's more. Get a Kohler White Elongated Water Sense Toilet. Now just $199 was $249. That's a savings of $50. Because Lowe's knows savings. Lowe's knows pros. Vanities offer about 810 through 823. While supplies last. Selection varies by location. Kohler offer about 77 through 1026. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same, but is 95% cheaper? Just go to 4hims.com joy. Through Hims, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, and the process is 100% online. To start your free online visit, go to 4hims.com joy. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y. Yeah, I'm so stressed. Our business is growing. We've got people all over now. Uma. What is that? Meditation? I'm recommending the Uma cloud phone system with auto attendant and more than 50 features. Uma? Yep. Switching to Uma is a cinch. Just $24.95 per month per user, plus taxes and fees. Uma. Now you're feeling it. Find Small Business Calm at uma.com slash radio. That's O-O-M-A dot com slash radio. My ride smells just right, just right, just right, just right. I gotta try that for Breeze car. Just right, just right, just right, la 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 la. With us, 40 days of consistent sin All over Breeze Park, clips right on your face yeah. You know my car's my happy place Keep a smile on my face When it smells just right, just right, just right yeah. Breathe happy for Breeze, la 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 Score $1,000 cash for Back to School. And another 1K for your favorite school or charity. Register to win now at sasportstar.com. Good luck from the Institute for Functional Health and 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning to all and to all a good morning. Rudy J. Edwin Easy E. Hafner. Rob is out. Pledge couldn't make it. Normally Pledge comes in and helps a brother out. He has some things to do. I understand the man works 90 hours a week. He deserves some time away. Edwin, you do too. When you, you ain't get you got a day off coming up anytime soon? Next Monday. I have to go to jury duty, but yeah, it's a time off. You gotta go to jury duty. Yeah. You wanna you wanna get out of it? I can't. Why? Well, I mean, I have to go. I mean, but I mean, I hopefully I'm only there for one day. Um, I don't know if you have to go. You want to text people to, you know, text you some ways that you can get out of jury duty once you get there? I don't want to get in trouble <laughs> by the law. <laughs> you ain't getting in trouble. You, everybody goes to jury duty and lies about why they can't be there. Everybody. Everybody. Edwin, don't, you know, don't worry about it. You know, hey. Edwin, I want you to go to jury duty. I want you to do your civic duty as an American. But y'all text text us and YouTube us, Edwin, some excuses if he decides he don't want to be there Monday. Now, me, I've gone, you know, but they don't end up picking me. You know, I never get I never get picked, so it is what it is. Um, text line coming in. Rudy J, I got a question for you. 
Will Roshan Johnson be the number one running back by the end of the season for the Chicago Bears? Texas Drew. I think so. But I'd rather have Jonathan Taylor. That's just me. You really want to help out Justin Fields? Go get Jonathan Taylor. If you're really about this rebuild, go get him. You ain't got DJ Moore, go get Jonathan Taylor. Let's really help out Justin Fields. Let's really make him something. Let's do this. It's time. It's been a long time. I talk about the Cowboys 95. Hell, the Bears is 85. Um, Programming notes. Talked about this before, but new listeners every 15 minutes. That's just a little behind-the-scenes radio stuff. Starting September 11th, after every Cowboy game, depending on what day it is, if it's Sunday, if it's Monday, if it's Thursday, after every Cowboy game on Monday, ESPN's Todd Archer will join r in the morning at 7.05. Every single Tuesday, once the season starts, the legend himself, Fort Worth Star Telegram legend Clarence Hill, will be joining r in the morning at 7.05. Of course, every Friday morning at 7.05, we will be joined by my main man, Calls me RJ Double M. Mike McCarthy will join r in the morning at 7.05 every Friday. Also, RJ Ochoa will join us, as you all know, at 7.30. And again, as I said, he was the rock star of uh, Cowboys camp. Everybody out there knew who RJ Ochoa was. But we're talking about football and the gumbo and what's going on. And it got me to thinking yesterday when we were doing, you know, a little post-show Talking about what, you know, after the show, we normally chop it up for a few minutes about what we want to look forward to the next day. Because, you know, Rob and I, we get here at 4 in the morning. You don't always have all that time to prep. Like, let's say, you know, the Blitz, they can start at noon. You know what I mean? It's a decent hour and, you know, get all their prep in, their interviews and what they want to talk about. Tough to get all of your prep in at 4 in the morning. So sometimes after the show, we'll chop it up a little bit and decide what things we want to talk about. One of those topics were, you know, who are a few dark horses that could possibly, you know, be in the Super Bowl? Now, again, keep in mind, let's say it's the the Preakness or the Belmont or the Kentucky Derby. Dark horse is the guy that's, I don't know, 10 million to one, well, however the damn odds go, but the, the horse that has the least chance to win. So it's a dark horse, all right? Give y'all some dark horse. I'm going to give y'all a dark horse to be in Vegas from each division. Again, dark horse. Now, some of these are black horses. They ain't even dark. It's just darkness, everybody. Darkness. We'll start in the AFC East. Tua, Tunga Vialoa, is taking jujitsu. He's learning how to fall. He's going to keep himself from those concussions. Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Mike McDaniels, the running game. They got the A chain. They got a whole bunch of weapons over there in that offense. If that defense, well, Xavier Howard, ladies, don't send. While I'm on the Dolphins, ladies, let me give you all an example, especially all in the car, young ladies. Don't send nasty pictures to men because they're going to show them to their friends. They're going to do it. They're going to show them to somebody that they shouldn't show them to. Xavier Howard star DB for the Miami Dolphins is being sued by a young lady right now for allegedly sharing a video that she didn't consent to to some other young ladies. So young ladies out there, to avoid this by all costs, don't send dirty pictures to little boys or or young men or whatever because he's going to show somebody. I promise you that. So if that defense and Xavier Howard can beat the charges and play a little bit of defense, Edwin, they could be a dark horse to be in Las Vegas. Moving on. The AFC South. No, 
AFC North. Let's start the AFC North. He took two years off. Well massaged. Got the rust off. Has an all-world running back. Has a true one, one wide receiver. A true one tight end. Solid offensive line. They have Miles Garrett. Yes. My dark horse for the AFC North are the mistake by the lake. Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. Edwin, don't shake your head. This is a dark horse. It's a dark horse. It'd be easy for me to say, oh, Cincinnati, duh. These are dark horses. Cleveland Browns, AFC North. Deshaun Watson knocks that rust off. Nick Chubb, please, Nick Chubb. Amari Cooper's got to stay engaged, though. Cowboy fan, y'all know this more than anybody. Sometimes Amari would just show up to the stadium and be like, man, not today. I'm low managing myself. I'm going to be out here. But I'm a low manage myself. There was times that Mari Cooper, the most important plays of the season, he ain't even cursing out the offensive coordinator, wide receivers coach. He's just sitting on the sideline. It's third and seven. The season on the line. Amari's comfortable as hell, helmet on his hip, watching and smiling. So the thing about it with Amari Cooper, he's got to be engaged the entire time if they could be a dark horse to get to Las Vegas. We'll take it over to the AFC West. Everybody in the AFC West is a dark horse because Andy Reid, because Patrick Mahomes, the the Kansas City Chiefs, they're dogs, they're monsters, they're Mount Everest. They're going to be tough to climb. They're going to be tough to get over. But you got to believe, and you got to believe, if you're talking about the AFC West, got to be talking about those Denver Broncos. I said it. I said it. I said it. That's how much weight I put into Sean Payton and what he's implementing and the attitude and the sense of urgency and the pre-snap penalties and making sure you run the ball and making sure you put Russell in a situation where he's not throwing stupid interceptions. It's a different It's a different attitude. The defense is already solid. If Sean Payton can fix up some things over there with Russell Wilson in that run game and they can eliminate penalties and, make sure Russell, and hold Russell accountable, this is going to be the first coach in a while to hold Russ accountable because even Pete Carroll let Russ get a little loose when it was like, what was it? Uh... What was the saying up there in Seattle? Let Russ cook. Pete went too far with the let Russ cook crap. Went too far. Sean Payton will fix that. The Denver Broncos, AFC West, my dark horse for a Super Bowl run. Let's move to the NFC North. Yes, NFC North. Not the Lions. They're a sexy pick. I like the way the Lions ended the season. I'm high on the Detroit Lions. But I'm even higher Went a grade above on this team. And yes, I'm talking about the Green Bay Packers. Dark horses, don't kill me. Talking about dark horses. I'm rolling with the Green Bay Packers. I believe in Jordan Love. I believe in Matt LaFleur. And this is the first time. It's not tense up there. Aaron makes everything tense. Aaron makes everything uncomfortable. Remember last year, Aaron was like, man, I'm going on my retreat. I know I got a bunch of young receivers. I'll get to them when I get to them. And they started the season off super slow because of that. Last season's failures, one, he had a bad thumb. He did. He did. That's Aaron Rodgers. I ain't going to disrespect him like that. He had a bad thumb, but the way his preparation, because he was already, he wanted out. He had one foot out the door. He was ready to go. They might be in rebuild, YouTube, Bro Gamer 123. They might be. That's why I said they're Dark Horse, Bro Gamer 123. It's easy to pick the favorites. We can all sit back and pick the favorites. These are Dark Horses. I believe in Jordan Love. I believe in Aaron Jones. I believe in Chris Dillon. Matt LaFleur is the real deal. He is the real freaking deal. And so is Matt LaFleur. 
I got the Packers as a dark horse out of the NFC North. Moving to the NFC South. This one might be a little chalk. A lot of people are picking this team just to win the South outright. But a dark horse, I'm making the New Orleans Saints my dark horse to make it to the Super Bowl because I think halfway through the season, Edwin, Jameis Winston's going to take over that job. Jameis Winston is a champion. Jameis Winston is a competitor. Derek Carr cried and went home. He quit in, he quit in Vegas. I don't trust the quitter. I don't trust the quitter, except unless it's Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders is the only quitter that I ever trusted, and I understood why he quit. But the New Orleans Saints, I like what they have. When Salvin Kamara comes back from suspension, Michael Thomas stays healthy. like what they're doing on defense. If Dennis Allen can do anything, he can coach a little bit of defense. Bucks, nah. Falcons, a lot of people are talking about this Falcon team. BJ, you know, B. John Robinson looks good. I got to see what Ritter's going to look like at quarterback. And the Carolina Panthers, they're just not ready. Now, they go get Jonathan Taylor maybe two years from now. But my dark horse out of the NFC South is your New Orleans Saints. No more brown paper bags. I trust Calvin Johnson as well, bro. Game one, two, three. He quit as well. He was getting high after every game. Sometimes he made some decisions off anxiety. The, I, from what I'm told, this new weed makes you crazy, makes you a little weird. That ain't that Reggie with the seeds that we smoked. That was just good. You know, we we're fine. You could op- operate. You could function. You know what I mean? This new stuff is chemically induced and all that stuff. Calvin Johnson, anxiety drove him out the league, but it helped with his pain. NFC West. Nope, not the Niners. I don't believe in Brock Purdy. I don't care what y'all tell me. I don't. I, he didn't. He's not Jalen Hurts. So don't compare the two. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's not. I said it. And Jigba, Metcalf, Lockett, K9, Geno's Comfy, Surfboard Pete, six pieces of gum in his mouth on the sideline. He's out there throwing passes to the team. It feels comfortable. We ain't kissing Russ's ass anymore. Yes, the Seattle Seahawks are a definite, definite dark horse out of the NFC West. They made the playoffs last year. Again, these are dark horses. More than likely, it's going to be Philly or Dallas or uh, San Fran. So I'm going to roll with Seattle. I like what they did last season. I like what I've seen in preseason. They added weapons. They have running back depth. They have receiver depth. Not the Legion of Boom. Not even close to the Legion of Boom. I I won't disrespect the Legion of Boom like that. But you can put together again. You got to get lucky. You got to get lucky on your way to a Super Bowl. Yes, you got to be good. You got to be solid. You can't make mental mistakes, but you got to have some luck. With a little bit of luck, Geno, another year in this offense, comfortable. He got his bag this summer. I want to say it was three years, $100 million, something like that. He got his bag. Watch out for those Seahawks. And then the NFC East. If you haven't been to the Super Bowl, you haven't been to an NFC title game since 1995. I think you qualify as a dark horse. That's right, folks. The Dallas Cowboys are my dark horse. (laughs) For the NFC East. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. I mean, Philly's been to a Super Bowl recently. The Giants have been more recent than them. Commanders, I don't know. I I like Sam Howell, and I think he's going to be really good. But no, that's that's beyond dark when I talk about the Commanders. But I'm going to put the Cowboys. I mean, you haven't been able to beat the 49ers. Eagles have been to two Super Bowls since 2019. I'm going to roll with the Cowboys, man. Everything comes together. They're telling me it's a historical defense. I'll wait and see. 
If the light bulb goes off for Dak, and when I say the light bulb goes off for Dak, meaning it's third and seven, throw the ball to Mike McCarthy. Throw the ball to Nick Sirianni. Throw the ball to anybody but the other team and let this historical defense cook. Jay Glenn on YouTube, Sam Howell for MVP with laughing emoji. Yeah, you should put three more laughing emojis. I like Sam Howell, and I think he's going to make the NFC East interesting. MVP, pump your brakes. Yes, the Dallas Cowboys are my dark horse out of the NFC East. So, in totality, Dolphins, Browns. Oh, I missed the division. I missed the AFC South. You didn't even tell me. Sunshine. The Jags. Doug Peterson. Super Bowl pedigree. Weapons everywhere. Offensive line. Beat up on the Cowboys in his hometown. Well, in Jacksonville last year. Come back from 27-0 against the Los Angeles Chargers. Absolutely, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars could be a dark horse to make it to the Super Bowl. reason why they're dark, yes, they're the best team in the AFC South, but why I call them a dark horse is because everything they would have to go through to get there. There's Patrick Mahomes. There's Joe Burrow. There's Josh Allen. There's Aaron Rodgers. There's the Dolphins. There's a lot to get through to get to the Super Bowl, which is why I have them as a dark horse. And they're also a dark horse because they've only been to the playoffs once. It's still a very, very young team, but they've spent money. They put the pieces in play, and they have a coach with that pedigree. No, it ain't the Texans. Stop it. Stop it. They're, the ESPN got them in the power rankings at 31. <laughs> That's beyond dark. We got to come up with another word for it if the Texans were to make it to the Super Bowl. So you got the Dolphins, Browns, Jags, Broncos, Cowboys, Packers, Saints, and Seahawks. Rudy J, Super Bowl dark horse, Power Index. Tell me what you think. 656-3776. Hit me on YouTube. Hit me at Rudy J underscore star on Twitter or at SA Sports Star uh, dot com or SA Sports Star on Twitter. What do you think, Edwin? Where would you disagree? Where would you agree? Dark you Horse. Don't, you, you don't think the Lions are, even though they're the favorites you know to win the division, I would, because they're kind of the fourth team outside of the big three in the NFC. Well, see, I, I, and ESPN Power Rankings had them in their top ten. So I didn't really consider them a dark horse. I, a lot of people are high on the Lions, and I am too. I think they're. I think the Lions are fantastic. Now they got to play some defense. Got to play some damn defense. But I think the game, like there's certain guys. I think I put Tony Romo in this group too. There's certain guys, and it, Geno Smith. I put him in this group. Like the it, the, the quarterback position is so tough, so tough. And hell, you, we we could throw Dak in here too. When that game finally slows down for you, you finally understand everything and you finally have some continuity with your offensive coordinator and the game becomes easy and you actually get real weapons. You're getting receivers that create separation. You have a running game. That's what's going on with Jared Goff. Because I'll tell you right now, they won't tell you this, but behind closed doors, the Rams were, they're happy they got their Super Bowl. No mistake about it. But right now and going forward, they would rather have Goff than Stafford. They got rid of the worst quarterback. I mean the better quarterback. Yes, now that but the, but 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 they cashed in. They cashed in. They got what they came for. They came for a Super Bowl and they got it. But right now, don't tell me Matthew Stafford and his bad neck is better than Jared Goff. So, I like the Lions. I like the Lions a lot, but again, that's I, that's why I called them dark horses. That's why I went with the Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love. James Pledger on YouTube. Cowboys were in the top 10 too at 7 and you chose them. You're right. But I chose him 
based on the fact it's been a while. It's been a while. It's, it's never been for Detroit, James. So you make a good point. You make a good point. But I feel like Green Bay is a much darker horse. It's a jet black horse. And I love Jordan Love. And I love to see success. What a, what's a better story than Jordan Love making it to the Super Bowl the year after Aaron Rodgers leaves? 9348 on text. Listen to Rudy J. Dark Horse's selections laughing at me. He got the Ray Liotta laughing emoji from Goodfellas. Yeah, I get it. You're supposed to be laughing at me. I don't want you to agree with me. If you agree with me, it'd be a boring, boring world. Coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, Steph Curry. Must, he probably, I think he's been hanging out with LeBron in the offseason. I didn't expect this type of answer from Steph. I appreciate the honesty. We ask athletes to be honest. He was honest. He was on the Gilbert Arenas podcast, which I love. I love Gilbert Arenas post-NBA. I didn't really care for him as a player. Thought he was just a ball hog, but he could hoop. He could go. But Steph Curry sat in with Gilbert Arenas, and they started talking about who was the best point guard of all time. And I was a little bit shocked at uh, – I was shocked at Steph Curry's answer. Um, also want to talk about LeBron James. Dwayne Wade went in the Hall of Fame. LeBron was nowhere to be found. Now, LeBron went to Chris Bosh's. Didn't go to D. Wade's. A little bit weird. And we revisit Joe and I's conversation. We'll revisit just for a tidbit. Joe and I on Friday, we were out at the Hudner's Extravaganza. Had a blast. That is one of the coolest events that I've done that I've had a, a ability to, the opportunity, should I say, to broadcast from. Shout out to the good folks at North Northwestern Automotive. Appreciate y'all. I had a fantastic time. They were more than gracious to us. Showed us a blast. Even gave me a night, the best roll of toilet paper that I've ever gotten. Shout out to them. Had a great time there. But when I was there with Joe, we talked about James Harden wanting out, and then that brought up Manu, and it took a took a whole turn and took a whole life of its own. So we're going to get onto that right on the other side of this break. So y'all sit tight. I want to talk about Steph Curry. I'm kind of shocked at him. I like Steph. I like Steph a lot. I don't know if I liked his answer when he was on Gilbert Arenas' podcast. And speaking of podcasts, Edwin, you want to know who your real friends are out there? Because a lot of times we'll be out at these remotes and guys and, you know, guys and gals will come up to me, Rudy, man, you know, give me some advice. I want to get in this business. And I'm like, oh, where's your, what, you got a YouTube page? You got a podcast, you know, show, got check it out, you know, give you some advice. No, I, I, I don't. I was wanting to get some advice. Tell you something. You don't, if you don't, you can't come to me asking me for advice if you haven't already gotten motion. You should already be in motion. It is it takes nothing to start a podcast. It takes nothing to have a YouTube channel. It takes nothing to be put, putting out content on your social media. But if you want to know something really about this podcast game slash YouTube game, you want to know who your real friends are, tell them that you started a podcast. Because none of them are going to listen. But if you want the game, you got to be willing to go through that part. You got to be willing to go through that. And I, I wanted to I always tell people that every time that I talk to them, I'm like, man, you don't even you don't even have a YouTube channel. You don't even got a pod. You don't even go Instagram live. You don't go Facebook live. You got nothing to show me, but you asking me how to get in the game in a game where you don't need radio or television anymore. You should already have all of that in motion before you asking for any advice. But the thing about it is you got to be willing to go through them dark times. Whereas you're only your mom and your wife are listening. The only two, three people going to be listening to the pod, but you got to stay consistent 
And you got to be in motion. And you got to always be on point. And you got to always be rolling. That's just that. You want to find out how many friends you got, let them know you started the podcast. So we're going to talk Gilbert Arena's podcast, which is pretty popular. Steph Curry, LeBron and, excuse me, LeBron and D Wade, Manu versus Harden. It's 94 1 San Antonio Sports Star. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh my God, it's early. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Rob Thompson. You don't believe the other way in transition to the left hand slam. I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning. Hey, 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 good morning, good morning. Wake up and stop yawning. It is R&R in the morning. Rudy J. Edwin Easy E. Hafner sitting in with me. Rob is out. My main man, James Pledger, who normally sits in for Rob or I when we cannot make it, has some things to do today. You know, I figured, hell, you know, Joe, when Jason takes his 97 vacations, he always does a show by himself. I said, let's swing for the fences and see if I can knock out four hours by myself. Have Edwin knock down an open jumper here and there. And we get through these four hours and, you know, hopefully the people stay entertained and stay tuned in. So, Hopefully, y'all are having a fine, fine Tuesday morning. Um, if you just tuned in, along with ESPN's power rankings, which I just talked about in my uh, sports center, what they did different this time, they put, well, if it doesn't go right for this team, who will we blame? And of course, they hold Dak's hand, they grab his hand, say, come on, baby, let's get across the street. They walk him across the street, they teach him to look both ways. And according to ESPN, if this goes wrong or goes badly for the Cowboys, they're going to blame Mike McCarthy. I said that three, four weeks ago at damn Cowboy camp. I knew it. Cowboys weren't too happy with it. They weren't too happy that, hey, man, we gave y'all access to all these. We gave you you Micah. We gave you Jerry. We gave you Steven. We gave you Micah. We gave you Dak. We gave you McCarthy, Terrence Steele, Deron Bland, Stephon Gilmore. And this is how you repay us? By telling us that our coach is going to be on the hot seat, I don't want Mike McCarthy on the hot seat. I just understand how this game works for the coddled, the loved Mr. Huggy Bear himself, Dak Prescott. So we talked about that. Of course, we talked about ESPN's power rankings. We continued our conversation between Rob and I about Blue Beetle and culture appropriation. Talked about the Spurs. Come to find out, according to Express News, talks about a downtown arena Go as far back as to right after the January 13th game they held at the Alamo Dome with the Golden State Warriors, which was a huge success. At that point, the Spurs brass contacted the city council like, hey, we need more games downtown. Fast forward to April, still well before the draft lottery, still a month or so above before the draft draft lottery. City contacts the Spurs, hey, let's meet. They meet at the Frost Center. Sometime in April with Spurs Sports and Entertainment CEO R.C. Buford. Details from that meeting weren't released, but we would like to think that it was still about a downtown arena. And this, again, this is still before we know that Victor Wimbanyama has landed in the countdown city to 210. So that's, there's not breaking news that they're talking about a downtown arena, but what it is not breaking news, but what is news to me anyway, is that they were talking about this well before, which leads me to believe that the draft lottery is rigged. 
Why are you talking about a damn downtown arena with that team they had? Why are you talking about a damn downtown arena with them and Brandon Miller? Or with them and Scoot? You ain't talking about no damn downtown arena for Scoot Henderson. This thing is fixed. We always knew it was fixed, but we just never figured that it was really, really fixed because we always feel like we get the short end of the stick. We feel like the NBA really don't like us. We feel like we're kind of the stepchild of the tight of the of the title towns of the NBA. We are title town. There's Lakers, there's Spurs, there's the Bulls, there's the Warriors, there's us. Yes, the Warriors, they had titles as the when they were that other team. So yeah, we're in there. We're part of Title Town NBA, but we feel like you know how Tony Parker feels? Like, hey, I was a part of the big three, but y'all treat me like a lot of people treat Tony like he wasn't a part of the big three. That's how we feel in San Antonio with the NBA. Like, yeah, we're title town. Yeah, we love us. Yeah, we we invented load management. We made the international player hot in these streets. We got five titles, but y'all still don't give us our proper due. Y'all don't give us our flowers the way we should be. So we never really thought it was rigged. But now hearing this, I know the lottery's rigged. Did you think it was rigged when uh, when uh, LeBron James' hometown team ended up getting the number one pick the year he came out? Derrick Rose to Chicago. New Orleans Pelicans desperately needed Zion. Come on, man. Or even when the Pelicans were owned by David Stern, ended up getting Anthony Davis. Wait a minute. That's right. That's right. Speaking of Anthony Davis, I heard Stan Van Gundy on a podcast, since we're about to talk podcast. I heard Stan Van Gundy on the podcast saying that you can't say Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis's career has been better than Dwight Howard's. I've been hearing a lot of people lately talk about prime Dwight Howard. Prime Dwight Howard. Punk LeBron. Yeah, I said it, LeBron slurpers. I said it. 2009. They make the commercial. They had the, the little, they had the LeBron puppet and they had the Kobe puppet and they were on a collision course for the NBA finals. Well, Dwight Howard, Hidu Turkaloo, Petrus, and some other guys beat LeBron to go to the finals and get mauled by Kobe and Powell, 4-1. Nobody talks about that in LeBron's book, though. You LeBron slurpers, y'all leave that part of the book out. Like, we could have settled this debate between Kobe and LeBron. We could have settled it face-to-face, head-to-head, mano-a-mano, but LeBron couldn't get past Hidu Turkaloo. And Dwight Howard in his two post moves. Y'all don't want to talk about that, though. LeBron then were like 40 and 1 at home that year. So don't tell me he didn't have help. Don't tell me he didn't have blah, 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 this, blah, blah, that. Hidu Turkaloo and Dwight Howard beat you. React to me, LeBron Slurper, since Rome is back. React to me. That's that Jim Rome stuff. You got to be a day one Jim Romer to understand that. I digress. Steph Curry. Bro, I like you. I've put up with your stupid, corny dances. His dances are corny. They are. He's the man, but his dances and his shimmies, they're corny. It's corny. It is, but I get it. You can't help it. Like, corny is always going to show. I don't care how much money you got. Money can't not make you a cornball. Sometimes Steph is a cornball. He was on the Gilbert Arenas podcast. This wasn't corny. This wasn't a cornball moment. But I kind of side-eyed him. Are you the best point guard ever? Yes. But 
Uh, have to, yes. Hmm? Me and Magic, that's the, the conversation. You know, because, you know, as, as we can look at stats all day, right? You know, we yeah. can look at stats and try to judge. Um, this is Gilbert. I wasn't around with Magic. I know, I know, right? So, I, so I know there's not a lot of six nine point guard. No one's trying. I, I'm, I'm thinking about the '90s growing up. There was nobody trying to be a six nine point guard, right? I mean, it mm -hmm. just. But I, I can witness and watch every kid trying to be Curry. You know what I mean? So it's like the influence that you really have on the game, from the position as a player. I, you know, I look at the stats and say, okay, Magic then Curry. When I look at the kids and I watch AAU, it's like, nah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, obviously I have to answer it that way, but I really feel like, to your point, like Magic's resume is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. all right, so the fact that we're even having that conversation, is a, that's, a, that's a place I never thought I'd be in. But the fact that, to your point, of like how you grade it in the whole conversation, that's why we have the conversations because mm -hmm. it's fun and it's yeah. – is you know measuring errors against each other, and I love that's what basketball, that's what sports is all about. That's why people watch. That's why people get you know in heated debates about it. I love it. So you put me on my own team. Yeah, I'm gonna rep myself for sure. Cap. I think that's what the kids say. Kids say that's cap. And for those that don't know what that's cap means, that's nonsense. You tripping? You bugging? No, you're not the best point guard of all time. You're not better than Magic. You're not better than Isaiah Thomas. And I'll give you another point guard that he's not better than. And nobody wants to call him a point guard, but he's a point guard. I know he's listed as small forward. I know what he's listed as. But when you, if you watch the game, he's a point guard. He's not a better point guard than LeBron James. LeBron James is a better. If you want to talk about who's the second best, who's the second best point guard of all time, if you want to put Magic as number one, who played with a phenomenal team, like everybody wants to talk about Joe Montana and Magic, played with 27 Hall of Famers between two of them. Y'all ain't ready for that conversation. If you want to say Magic's the best, LeBron is two. Zeke would be three. Steph Curry might be four. If I'm, you know, but he ain't better than Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas had to go through Bird Celtics in his prime. In Bird's prime, he dog walked Michael Jordan's team, dog walked Jordan's Bulls until the Bulls finally got over the hump when the Pistons got old, and he had to beat the Lakers. No other person can say that. Celtics, Bulls, Lakers, only those bad boy Pistons. He is not a better point guard than Isaiah Thomas. I'm standing on that. If AI had won one title, I might not say, I would say he's not even better than AI, but then again, if I'm going to put LeBron as a one, I don't think I'm going to put AI as a one. AI pretty much played the two. Eric Snow played the one on those teams. But we all know AI was supposed to be a point guard, but he really isn't. Steph isn't the best point guard of all time. I don't think he believes that. He said yes too quick for me. He said yes a little bit too quick for me. What is this I'm looking at? Are you the best point guard ever? Yes. Stop. Stop. Stop the cap. Stop the cap. Is Steph a one? Is he? That's what he's listed as. He feels like a two to me. He feels like a small two to me. He don't feel like a point guard to me. And I know I know for a fact this season he ain't playing the one. He's not playing the one. That'll be that'll be Chris Paul.
He's going to be off the ball because he's he's been on the ball too much. They feel like his work overload is a little bit too much. I know for a fact he ain't going to be playing the one this year. J4 YouTube, Steph is the best point guard in the modern era. What does that mean? I, I, well, I know what that means, but yes, Jay Glenn, he's the best three-point shooter of all time. Best point guard of all time? No, I can't give him that. I can't give him that. He's played 14 seasons. Magic only played 13. Playoffs, Steph Curry's been a nine. Magic 13. All-star games, Steph Curry nine. Magic Johnson 12. Season MVPs, Steph two. Magic three. Finals MVP, Steph one. Magic three. All-NBA first team, Steph Curry four. Magic Johnson nine. All-NBA teams, Steph Curry nine. Magic Johnson 10. Scoring leader, Steph two. Magic zero. Assist leader, Steph zero. Magic four. Steals leader. When the hell did Magic win the steals leader twice? Steph once, Magic twice. So, yeah, Magic's right. He did say, you know, after he said, yes, he was the best, he did follow it up saying, look, it's the conversation is about me and Magic. I think that's disrespectful to Zeke considering what Zeke had to go through. Keep in mind, Joe Do- I-, I love Joe Dumars. Love Bill Lambert. Love Dennis Rodman. Love that bad boys team. It was on Zeke. Yes, they 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 were great defensively together. They played on the string and they would kick your ass. But as far as like, hey, you know, yeah, Vinny Johnson would come off the bench and microwave, but we down ten or we need to we need to maintain the lead. Isaiah had to get out there all six one of them and get busy, and he would get busy. Had Michael had had MJ crying to the league. Had MJ calling up David Stern like, "Hey, they're doing this, they're doing that." That Jordan rules. They're doing this. That, that, that it's not fair. Larry Bird Celtics, Magic Johnson's Lakers. Only Zeke can say that. Only Zeke can say that. Now in '89, Magic did have the hamstring and didn't wasn't able to play Pistons one time. Nonetheless, <laughs> he went through Magic Johnson's Lakers. Rudolph Gonzalez, YouTube, Steph's about the best shooting point guard. Other than that, I can't remember. I recall a single assist that he's made that was memorable. He's not the best point guard of all time. There's not many people ahead of him. There's not many people ahead of him, but he ain't the best of all time. And he answered that a tad bit too quickly for my liking. And again, I don't. When you ask the greats this question, When you ask the Grace these questions as far as Shelton just shot me the finger, I don't know why. I don't know what I did, but I digress. Greg Shelton, our crack engineer, walks up to the door, shoots me the finger, walks off. Cool, whatever. I hate me too. Um, when you ask Michael Jordan this, I've seen Michael Jordan ask this question many times. Who's the best of all time? He wants no part of it. Now, behind closed doors, when they we know they having the cigars and they drinking and they playing ping pong and they gambling and stuff, Mike might tell you. But in front of the media, Mike never wanted any part of it. Kobe really never wanted any part of it. Yet LeBron and Steph are comfortable. Like LeBron is comfortable telling you he's the GOAT. Rich Paul's comfortable cussing out Stephen A. Smith because Stephen A. Smith says that LeBron is behind MJ. Like, I, I there's a certain decorum that's supposed to go on amongst the greats. Like, if Steph can feel that way, I'm not saying you shouldn't feel that way. I think when you when you wake up in the morning, you headed to the gym or you get out there for the finals or whatever, you're supposed to feel that way. But if you have all this respect for the Magics of the world and LeBron has all this respect for the Jordans and the Bill Russells and all that stuff, like there's a certain way you handle certain questions in the public, in the public eye. And I don't like, I, I, I don't like LeBron and his team running around 
chastising everybody that don't say he's the GOAT. And I didn't really care for Steph Curry answering the question that fast and then following it up with, oh, man, I have so much respect for Magic. Really? Do you? Are you sure? You tell Dell Curry that. You tell Mama Curry that. You tell Aisha that. You tell your little girl, your little girls that. You tell Clay and them that and, and Steve Kerr. Ask Steve Kerr if you better than, than Isaiah Thomas and see how he pauses. Hey, 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 Steve, you think I'm better than Zeke? Curry's going to be like, well, um, and then he's going to lie to him and he's going to say, yeah, I think so. But it's going to take about a 10 second pause, Steph, because he knows. He knows. He knows you're not better than Magic. Magic went to nine finals. Nine. Took it, it took this dude from French Lick, Indiana to knock him off. And it took this dude by the name of Dr. J and Moses Malone, fo, 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 to knock him off. Took legends to knock him off. Cut it out. Cut it out, Steph. You're better than that. David Wayman, YouTube. How are we not talking about Jerry West? He's the freaking NBA logo. I think he's like 1-37 in, in the finals. And he's a shooting guard, not a point yeah, guard. Yeah, he's a shooting guard. He's a shooting guard, David. I didn't think he played. But I think he kind of was point guard. But again, I know what LeBron James is listed at. I know what he's listed at. I know he's listed as a small forward. But I, and for me, for me, just my eye test, and I go off my eye test. I don't, I don't go off of what people tell me. LeBron James has played point guard since 2011 when he got to the Heatles. He, a lot of handling the ball, a lot of pick and rolls. For the last 10, 11 years, LeBron's been a point guard to me, in my estimation. That's why him and Kyrie had beef. This is why, you know, there's certain times that the, the, with the Lakers where they're like, hey, hold on, man. Like, you, you're doing too much. We need to get you off the ball so you can save your legs. Just my humble opinion. Speaking of LeBron James, now I beat up on LeBron a lot, and rightfully so. He deserves it. When you walk around telling everybody that you're the best to ever do it, you deserve the criticism that comes with it because then we have to comb through all that argument with a fine-tooth comb. And I beat him up every chance I get because sometimes some some of the stuff he does is corny as well. Him and Steph, they got a little, they got some corny ways here and there. But the one thing I'm going to defend him on, Dwayne Wade just went into the Hall of Fame alongside of Pop, alongside of Becky, alongside of Tony Parker, and LeBron wasn't there. National media killing him for it. Absolutely beating him up for it. How can you go to Chris Bosh's Hall of Fame induction, but not Dwayne Wade? That tells you all you need to know. Now, is it weird to see him walk out with Drake last night in LA? You know, him and Bronny. He's okay to, he was okay to go to the Drake concert, <laughs> but he couldn't make it to Dwayne Wade's Hall of Fame induction. I hear you, LeBron haters. I hear you. But be clear. There was a conversation. I don't have to be there. I know those guys are too close. There had to be a great, great excuse, great reason for him not to be at Dwayne Wade's Hall of Fame induction. I'm sure he let Dwayne Wade know what the reason was or whatever the case was. I'm not going to beat him up for that because I know if he went to Chris Bosh's, he wanted to be at Dwayne Wade. There had to be a great reason why he wasn't. I'm not going to kill him for that. I know Stephen A. really beat up on him for it, went off on him. I know Stephen A. does his podcast. He really laid into LeBron about that, saying, you know, I don't know. He said Dwayne Wade taught LeBron James championship pedigree. I don't know about that. I think the losses taught LeBron about championship pedigree more than anything. That game six in Boston, 45-15, that's when LeBron took over the league and 
became the best player in the league at that time. I think the losses in 2011, what J.J. Barea and Dirk Nowitzki did to him, taught him more than Dwayne Wade did. All Dwayne Wade did that really helped, that really helped him, was say, hey, you know what? It's your team. It's your show. I'm going to play second fiddle. Chris going to play third. Now go lead us. Now, Dwayne Wade, I'll give him credit for that. But for Stephen A. to say Dwayne Wade taught LeBron James championship pedigree, that's just when we're going too far. Now, that, now if I'm Rich Paul or I'm Maverick Carter, yeah, that, that type of stuff would piss me off. Like, no, that's too much. He had a great reason, Edwin. He had a great reason. I'm not going to kill him for that. I know for a fact he wanted to be there. They're too tight. They're too tight for him to miss something like that. I ain't going to beat him up for that. No, I mean, I, and this, like I said, son just got out of the hospital, even though I know I didn't know he was at the Drake concert. But, um, <laughs> His son did just get out of the hospital. But just, he congratulated him on social media, too, a bunch about him going into the Hall of Fame. So I don't. I don't think there's any beef towards him. I mean, that that's his best friend in the whole league. Yeah, I ain't, I'm not killing him for that. You're all right with me on that one, LeBron. You're all right. Manu Ginobili, he's also a Hall of Famer. As I told y'all, we were out at the Hunters Extravaganza at the Freeman Coliseum. Um, Joe and I argued a lot. We didn't argue. We just we Joe and I are both the same. We both like a good, healthy debate. We don't take debates personal. We're going to yell at each other. We're going to scream at each other. And then we're going to say cheers. And we're going to take a, you know, a shot of his favorite bourbon and a shot of my favorite tequila. And we're going to laugh about it. And we're going to have a good time. And that's pretty much what we did the entire show Friday. Well, one of them was, you know, we started talking about James Harden and the fact that, you know, he, he's acting like a piece of crap for the way he's treating Daryl Morey. I don't care what Daryl Morey promised him. Daryl Morey's been there for him. Daryl Morey's been there for him. Daryl Morey paid him $200 million, went and, you know, Got him out of Oklahoma, when got him from Brooklyn. Daryl Morey's been nothing but good to James Harden. And the one time Daryl Morey doesn't give James Harden his way, James Harden throws a temper tantrum and I'll eight at HEB, kicking, screaming, yelling, stomping around, mad, calling him a liar, doubling down on it, repeating it. I don't know if anybody even understood what he was saying. But it led me to talk. We Somehow Manu comes up. And I was like, yeah, you know, that's, that would be like people thinking Manu Ginobili's a better basketball player than James Harden. That's just not true. Manu is a great player. Manu is a Hall of Famer. Manu is not a better, and this is nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. Better teammate? Absolutely. Absolutely, of course. He's not a better basketball player than James Harden, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's not me knocking Manu Ginobili. That's me. Oh, we started talking about lefties. We started talking about great lefties. And I was like, yeah, James Harden, one of the best lefties ever, even better than Manu Ginobili. And, you know, Joe about punched me in the face. I get it. When I said it yesterday to Rob, Rob about punched me in the face. Y'all know. We know. And I'm not going to spend it. That's why I saved this for the end of the segment. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this. Y'all know. Y'all know that Manu not James Harden. Manu not leading no team to the Western Conference Finals by himself. Y'all think James Harden wouldn't have four rings alongside of Tim and Pop? Y'all really believe that? It'd be a different mindset. He'd be a different guy. And he'd have Tim Duncan. Everybody that plays with Tim Duncan wins rings. Everybody. You know, like, come on. If you if you can play, if you're really that guy, and you're alongside of 21, you're going to win rings. You think Chris Paul wouldn't have three, four rings playing with Tim Duncan? You know, a lot of people, oh, well, Tony Parker's better than Chris Paul. No, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> He had Tim Duncan. He had Tim Duncan. That's it. 
End of the story. If Tim goes to Orlando, we ain't talking about Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili. Maybe the 04 Olympics. Maybe we would have talked about them then when the, when the USA didn't care. USA didn't care in 04. We were like, hey, man, send anybody. Y'all go get drunk and have a great time in Greece. And we found out the world caught up to us. And we haven't lost since. Once we started caring again, we ain't lost since. And then we kicked Argentina's ass in 08. You know, like that was that was a fluke. Y'all can y'all can keep hanging your hat on that. I get it. I love Manu too. I love Manu. I love Manu. Y'all can't make me say I don't love Manu, but I'm just saying. Stop. He's not a better basketball player than James Harden. I think Manu would tell you that. You put me alongside of Tim Duncan, I'm gonna find me a way to get me some jewelry. Put it to you that way. And there's nothing wrong with that. Shout out to Manu in that burnt orange jacket that they give them. Coming back. And that's enough basketball. We may talk a little bit more about that a little bit later on in the show. But coming back, we got the NFL gumbo. D'Amico Ryans. I'm starting to come along. I'm starting to believe that D'Amico Ryans is serious. For a while, I thought D'Amico Ryans was being coy and like, nah, I don't really. I'm starting to come around that D'Amico really doesn't know if he wants to put CJ in harm's way and possibly ruin his confidence going forward as an NFL quarterback. I'm starting to believe it. Bill Belichick opened up. Bill Belichick's normal. I didn't think Bill Belichick was a normal dude. We'll talk about that. And the Colts have granted Jonathan Taylor permission to seek a trade. NFL gumbo is on the stove, and we're going to get it cooking right here next on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It's the Awesome Tickets Pro Football Pick'em Challenge on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. You're shot at $50,000 nationally, while weekly winners locally get a $50 gift card to Five Oaks Ace Hardware on Thousand Oaks. At the end of the season, locally, the best overall record wins the San Antonio Grand Prize of $1,000 worth of tickets to any event from Awesome Tickets. Sign up today at sasportstar.com. The Jim Room Show, weekdays at noon. I love wait, wait, wait. San Antonio, man. I love it. On 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning to all and to all a good morning. You are tuned into R&R in the morning. Don't adjust the dial. Don't adjust your YouTube. Don't adjust your SASportsStar.com. Rob is out today. It's just myself and Craig Hodges, a.k.a. John Paxson, a.k.a. Steve Kerr, a.k.a. Edwin Easy E. Hafner. It's just us today. We rolled the dice. We rolled this thing out here. And now try, hopefully, we entertain you. That my, my job is to... Make six to ten go as fast as possible, and hopefully your day is flying by. Y'all, we're almost at nine o'clock, so it's only Tuesday though. But we're cutting close to Labor Day. Back to school has started, man. Back to school. Appreciate you, Daz Dez. Back to school, man. Let me let me talk about back to school a little bit. Let me take you back. You know, and we I think we can all relate. Back to school was fun. You know, those first until you ran out of new outfits. That's when the the school year, the, the, the dog days of the school year didn't start until you ran out of outfits. When you ran out of outfits, that was it. You're like, man, the hell with school. The hell with school. You know, those first few days, mom, dudes got you fresh, fresh kicks, outfit laid out at the end of the bed. Because I've been watching my 15-year-old, and she coming downstairs modeling her little stuff. 
You know what I'm saying? And she hype. I give her about, well, I don't know what we got. We probably got about a good week and a half, two weeks of stuff. And then she's going to have to start rotating them damn outfits and she ain't going to want to go. So back to school is fun until you start repeating. Now, see, that with me, with back to school, see, my best friend, so I went to Roosevelt, but my best friend went to Judson. So the way we stay fresh, we swap clothes. So when I, when I, when I ran out, I'd be like, yo, Jeff, I'm coming through this weekend. I'm going to stay over there this weekend. We're going to do blah, 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 woo, woo, woo. And I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Michigan hoodie and the Notre Dame hoodie and the Miami hoodie. And I'm gonna give you the USC. But Bob, now we couldn't do jeans because he was like six four. You know, whatever. Make your jokes. Insert jokes. We couldn't do jeans, but we would be able to exchange tops and jeans. Like to keep it real, what what do we have? Like three pair of jeans. You rotated, maybe. And that's not because like I I lived a great life coming up as a kid. Like I wasn't I was. Far from rich, far from poor. Like, I lived a good life. Mom mom kept me fresh. You know what I mean? But the thing about it is, no matter how, you always had, a, like, three or four jeans that you just wouldn't wear that your mom got you just because they fit horrible. You didn't like it for whatever reason. So you rotated about two, three jeans. All that mattered was your kicks and your top was fresh. And even with the kicks, you didn't have a lot of kicks. But we kept that cup and toothbrush under the sink, put the dishwashing liquid in it, fill it up, get your towel, Use that toothbrush. Keep your kicks fresh. These kids don't even keep their kicks fresh. You know what I'm saying? Like, my, sometimes my daughter come downstairs, and I'm like, how do you got your ones looking like that? How you got your dunks looking like that? How you got your Air Force ones looking like that? Like, that don't, you you okay? You okay with rocking your kicks dirty like that? Like, we we kept our kicks fresh. So back to school brought back so many memories. But, yeah, man, I was able to stay fresh because my best friend went to Judson. So it was always, you know, I was always uh, I was always clean. But plus, it wasn't about it wasn't about the clothes. It was who's in them. It's got to be in you, not on you. So back to school, man, it's a, it's, it's a fun time, fun, fun time of the year, because back to school means that football season is right around the corner. Edwin, I'm starting to believe D'Amico. I'm starting to believe, like, keep in mind, D'Amico played. And D'Amico played for the Texans. When you play for the Texans, you've seen it all. You've seen, <laughs> you've seen the bad and the ugly. There was only good there was that one season with Deshaun Watson. Even that ended up being ugly because you should have beat the team that went on to be the Super Bowl champions. There's no reason they should have lost that excuse. So if you're if you played for the Texans, you've seen the bad and you've seen the ugly. Not much good. And a part of me is starting to really believe that D'Amico is going back and forth on this decision with C.J. Stroud. Like I, and I, at first I was like, dude, this is stupid. You've heard us. If you, if you're a daily listener, you've heard myself and Rob like, man, whatever, D'Amico. Why you just, why don't you just name him? I really starting to believe that D'Amico is like, man, maybe I shouldn't start this kid because it can go bad. It can go bad when you throw a guy out there too quick. He loses his confidence, and at that position, it it's not easy just to get that back, especially as a young player. Like it's tough to develop that amnesia trait. It's tough, and I and 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 now I'm starting to believe like he's like I don't think he feels like Davis Mills is. Obviously, CJ's ceiling is much higher than Davis Mills, but right now it's like okay, maybe I should give CJ a little bit more time. Instead of just throwing him to the wolves. Because if he loses his confidence, he's gone forever. He's gone forever. So 
I'm starting to believe D'Amico, but these are his thoughts on CJ's performance after game, the, t- the second preseason game. Uh, what I saw from CJ's throws was he was the ball was coming out on time. It was it was very accurate. Or where the ball the ball placement was was very good. So it's encouraging, right, to see him from week one to this week, right, to see the improvement just overall, seeing him just more comfortable and having I saw him having fun, right, playing the game, seeing him also be able to scramble out of the pocket and make a play. It's, it's fun when you can see guys actually enjoying football, having fun doing it, and he continues to grow. You know, we're going to be just fine. Okay, well. The words aren't matching the actions. My wife gets on me about that all the time. Your actions. Your actions. I don't care what you tell me. Your actions are what speak to us. And your actions, considering you won't name them the starter, lets me know that a part of D'Amico, and it may just be a small part, and then, you know, CJ may end up starting, but I do think at night when D'Amico's alone or when he's with his, you know, with his crew or when he's at home and he's got to think about, because again, he could get advice from his offensive coordinator, his quarterback coach, his receivers coach. They could take all their advice, but at the end of the day, it's on you. Ask Mike McCarthy. It's on D'Amico. And a part of me, man, a part of me feels like there's a small part of D'Amico that's like, man, I don't know if I want to throw CJ out here to the Wolves just yet. Will it be a bad idea or be a good idea? We'll never know. We will never know, if, you know, if he throws him out there. So we'll see. Now, staying in that division, Edwin, I guess Jonathan Taylor's healthy. This situation is ugly. This is a novella. I don't know what the hell's going on with Jonathan Taylor. Maybe Adam Schefter can, can give us some clarity. A standoff that has been going on all summer is now continuing with the Colts giving permission to Jonathan Taylor to seek a trade. Now, they're not just going to give him away. They're going to look for a high price in return if they wind up dealing Jonathan Taylor. And keep in mind that any acquiring team would have to satisfy not only the Indianapolis Colts, but also Jonathan Taylor, who's in search of a new contract. But essentially, you're going to see teams trim their rosters and make a ton of moves next week by Tuesday's 4 p.m. Eastern deadline. And one of the big moves, maybe the biggest, could involve a blockbuster trade that would send Jonathan Taylor somewhere. That was Adam Schefter. Why did they give the Adam Schefter these dope hip-hop beats behind his bed? Like, yeah, I was like, I'm listening there listening. I'm jamming to the beat. I'm like, why does Adam get the dope beat? Where's, you know what, speaking of hip-hop, basketball and football, I'm going to get back to John Taylor. Basketball and football and hip-hop are all joined at the hip. We don't have, we don't get no hip-hop on Sports Star. Nothing. We get like one song every four hours, but the most two. What are the two sports that we talk about on this station? Basketball and football. Where's the hip hop? Where's the, that ain't on you. It's not on you, Edwin. You didn't put, you didn't look, upload the stuff that we play on this show. I'm not blaming you, bro. So don't, don't look at me with the gas face. But how the hell do we not have no hip hop, no R&B incorporated on this station? I be at, all day long on Fox, ESPN, hip hop beds, hip hop guests. We have zero hip hop on this station. Nothing, no beds, no bump backs, no outros, no nothing. Like I'm not sitting here. I am the culture. Y'all don't ever think about me. Y'all never think about me when you're uploading this music. Like, man, you know what? Maybe Rudy wants to hear some. Maybe Rudy would like to hear a little bit of urban music here and there sometimes. 
Y'all don't ever think about your brother? It's sad, man. It's sad what you got to go through sometimes. Anyway, Beastie Boys are the godfather of hip-hop. Changed my mind. Julian Ingalls. Godfathers? Julian? Rudolph Gonzalez says, because Pledger likes Blink-182. Pledger likes hip-hop. And I'm hoping he's not in the dental chair. I'm hoping he's the one to hear because he's the one that uploads the music. We play the music. We have the licenses. But uh, Jonathan Taylor. Here's the thing. Only thing I heard in there other than the the the, the nice uh, hip-hop beat in the background was Jonathan Taylor's going to have to agree. So this is what that means. So teams can call. But Jonathan Taylor's question is going to be, okay, once I land, once I get off the plane, are we going straight to go sign a new deal? If that answer is no, Jonathan Taylor's like, oh, Jonathan Taylor and his agent, you know what they're going to tell those teams? They're going to say, hey, you can trade for us, but we're not showing up until we get a new deal. So they're going to be in the same, whoever trades for Jonathan Taylor is going to be in the same situation that the Colts are in. So that's going to make it tough for my two teams that I feel like fit best, and I went through all 32 teams, and I feel like the best three fits are Carolina because you're going to get them cheaper than what you have McCaffrey. And McCaffrey was at about 16. Is McCaffrey at like 16? I want to say McCaffrey's at like 16 million. You could get them cheaper than that because right now it's going to be 10-11, and I think Jonathan Taylor's agent understand that. Yeah, McCaffrey's at 16, so you're going to get them cheaper than that. And the Chicago Bears, who have the cap space to do it, and they have a young quarterback. And the best way to protect a young quarterback is to give him a running game and an offensive line. And my third team at a distant, 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 distant third is the Buffalo Bills. And the reason I put them at a distant third is because they've had the opportunity to go after big name running backs and they've yet to do it. So I don't, and everybody on TV keeps going to the Buffalo Bills. I'm like, when have they given you that inclination that they would do it they've had the opportunity they, they could have went after Dalvin Cook they could have went after Z. they could have went after a few guys maybe they feel like okay well if you like I saw Sal Palatonio say the Buffalo Bills well maybe they have Jonathan Taylor in a different light but they have a lot of money tied up in other places whereas Carolina and Chicago they don't have that just yet so those would be the two teams that I feel like are best but but Jonathan Taylor and his agent are going to tell Chicago and Carolina um Y'all going to pay us when we land? And if they say no, then you're going to say, okay, then you're going to be in the same situation. So it is a very, very sticky, sticky situation in trade. It's not just about trading for him. He has to, you have to get him to show up once he lands. And if I'm Jonathan Taylor, I don't blame him. I don't blame Jonathan Taylor. You got a small window to get a little bit of money as an NFL running back. Speaking of the AFC East, we talked about Buffalo. Bill Belichick, yes, you, me and Jeff Pine swapped outfits, James. That is my best friend. He's my best man. He he drives me crazy sometimes, but yeah, that's my guy. Um, Bill Belichick can come off as a red ass. He can come off as a hard ass. He can come off as a guy that you don't want to be around. He could come off as a guy that like, you know, if they said, hey, Rudy, rank the coaches that you would like to have a beer with. Bill Belichick probably coming last. But what show was he on? What show was this he was on? What show was this he was on? Bill Belichick on the Greg Hill show. Kind of showed a lighter side of Bill. Football aside, there's been some good concerts here this summer. Uh, I know that you've talked in the past about how you don't usually do concerts, but you've taken in Bruce Springsteen before. Bruce is here this weekend. You'll be in Nashville. Were you yeah, able to go see? Bad. I know, <laughs> that's a bummer. But did you go to any other concerts leading up to it this summer? Um, 
Yeah, saw a little bit of Taylor. Um, That's my guy. We were wondering about that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was about it. <laughs> Did you enjoy it? Did you get rained out? <laughs> were you at that show? That was pretty impressive. Yeah. She, yeah. Killed it. She's tough, man. She just stood out there and <laughs> played right through it. I mean, so are you officially, you consider yourself to officially be a Swifty now? Officially? I don't know about that, but. I don't know what I mean, officially it seems like, is. Seems like <laughs> seems like Aaron Rodgers is. Yeah. What does that mean? Like you have a, a, a sweatshirt or something? <laughs> you can have a few. Yeah. Well, can Good sing merch. Some, I think you can sing some of the lyrics. You know, all right, that's uh, enough. First of all, how did they get him? Is this a show? Are they in Boston? The W, uh, the radio the station. We? Yeah. They're we. Okay. So so all in one week. First, I get Stephen A. saying like, and this was Stephen A. was flexing. You know, I, Stephen A. He was tra- he was complimentary of Taylor Swift, but Stephen A. was flexing when he was like, "Well, my daughter wanted to go to Taylor Swift, but she wanted to take nine of her friends. Well, ten of her, yeah, nine of her friends, and I paid two thousand dollars for each of the tickets, so that cost me twenty thousand dollars. That's all I heard. I was like, okay, Stephen, you flexing. Then he was like, yeah, well, I just came away. Oh my gosh, she's amazing. Taylor Swift, she put, that was the best damn show I've ever seen. I didn't even really hear all that because I, I was too, I was too bothered by the flex of him being able to afford $20,000 worth of Taylor Swift tickets. But in one week, we get Stephen A. Smith talking about Taylor Swift show and then Bill Belichick. What am I missing? What am I missing? Cause when, now when we were in, uh, cowboy camp, we, uh, we were dropping off. No, our hotel was in, by by the airport so i guess it's inglewood i don't know cali that well but our hotel we couldn't rob and i couldn't check in until four because our hotel was sold completely out because taylor swift had sold out the great western forum six nights in a row help me help me understand this taylor swift thing i guess pops next pop i I don't I, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't see myself on 410 knocking Taylor Swift. I'm not going to be riding. I mean, I mean, I got a 15 year old daughter and I got a five year old daughter and I got a 27 year old daughter. And none of them are like, dad, play Taylor Swift. She's a, she's a megastar. She's an uber star. She's out of this world. Any, you sell out an arena six times in a row. I, Rudy J don't have to get it. I don't have to get it, but I don't get it. Why is Bill Belichick at Taylor Swift show? He had to be with his kids. Does he have kids? Bill Belichick's damn near 70. His kids aren't going to Taylor Swift, are they? I don't know. But so Stephen A, now Bill Belichick. Who's next? Who's next on the Taylor Swift tour that I would be shocked about? But yeah, Stephen A, the 20,000, whatever you whatever you want to say. Um, we also talked about my uh, Super Bowl dark horses. Get to that in the 9 o'clock hour. But coming back. No, you know what? Since we're talking about Stephen A. Stefan Diggs has since shot it down, but Stephen A. said his sources told him Diggs wants out and maybe does he does he want to be in Dallas? I don't know. 
You got Stephon Diggs, this brother all-world receiver, but clearly wasn't happy, walked out, didn't want to talk to nobody. They came into training camp. They had some friction. They had to get settled and all of this other stuff. Brother wants out, by the way. I'm just telling you what I know. I got my own sources. Brother wants out. He don't want to be in Buffalo anymore. He don't want to. I'm telling you right now. I have my sources. Stephon Diggs got to be there, but he would prefer to be gone because he's lost a level of belief in the Buffalo, but that's right. I said it. it's Stephen A, baby. I'm not. I'm telling you what I know. Okay, you, they, they can don't deny. They can tell you what they want. I have my sources. I'm telling you. All right, all right, all right, all right. Stephon Diggs went to Twitter, said, "Cut the crap." Don't know who his sources are, but his horse bleep. I didn't ask. I don't want out. Stephen A. Sources may be trash. Stephon Diggs has to say that they're two weeks away from the regular season starting. Out, you know, he's done enough already. You know, it was enough of a drama, enough of a novella coming into the season. You know, there was the rumors that him and his brother wanted to play together. The only way that works is if Jerry lets CD walk. You're not going to pay two guys over $20 million a year at that position. It's already crazy enough that you're going to re-up CD here shortly, and you got uh, Cooks making $12 million. So I don't see that happening unless you let CD walk, and you're just not going to let CD walk. CD is on his way up. He's getting better and better. Him and Dak finally got their chemistry down. So that, that's just not happening. So whatever's going to happen there, Josh Allen and him are going to have to figure it out. My thing is I still feel like Stephon Diggs ain't down with Ken Dorsey being offensive coordinator. I think he feels like Ken Dorsey's incompetent. Like why? But every receiver's that way, right? Every receiver thinks that they're open all the time, and I'm sure Stephon Diggs was like, why in the hell are we calling all these plays where I'm not the number one option and I'm always open? They'll figure it out. I'm not like Carlin, the guy that comes on after us that always fills in for Greeny. He thinks Buffalo won't even make the playoffs. I ain't going that far. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender but I'm not going to leave them out of the playoffs. They better not miss the playoffs. They better not miss the playoffs or 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 or, or Mr. Allen or the head coach. Somebody got to go. It won't be Allen. It's got to be the coach. The same with uh, Dak Prescott and Coach Mike McCarthy. Coming back, it's time to talk NBA. The Spurs had downtown talks way before the lottery. Steph Curry has lost his mind. While LeBron wasn't at D-Wade's Hall of Fame induction and more. Rudy J. Easy E, 94-1, San Antonio Sports Star. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake me up. Oh, wake me up. Wake up. Rob Thompson. You don't believe the other way in transition to the back. Oh, oh. the oh. I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? Begin each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R and R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Wake up. You shouldn't still be yawning. It is R and R in the morning. Rudy J, don't adjust the dial or the YouTube or your online streaming. Rob is out. Rudy J and Craig Hodges, a.k.a. John Paxson, a.k.a. Steve Kerr. He hasn't missed a shot yet, Mr. Edwin Easy E. Hafton. What's up, Edwin? Nothing much, good. You're knocking down the open shots, bro. Just keep knocking down the open shots. I'll do the heavy lifting. I'm going to average 40. When I come to you, you just hit the shot. LeBron and the LeBronettes? No, we're not doing that here. We're not doing none of that here, all right? We're not doing that here. LeBron, but you know, with the we show up for each other's Hall of Fame inductions. You know, no, I'm not gonna kill LeBron for that. 
Yeah, if you're just tuning in, um, we've talked about a whole bunch of things. Well, not really a whole bunch. We talked about the Cowboys. We talked about the NFL. Talked a little NBA, but some programming notes that I want to keep y'all abreast upon. Football season is now upon us, and I think San Antonio Sports Star is going to have the best lineup of guests I think the city's ever seen, at least as far as as long as I've been listening to sports talk radio in the great city of San Antonio on any station. Um, of course, we get Mike McCarthy every Friday. Y'all know that. And the, the Blitz is going to have Stephen Jones every Thursday. Y'all know that. But also we're going to get the some heavy hitters when it comes to covering the Cowboys. Because I know a lot of times y'all be like, man, Rudy, y'all don't know what the hell y'all talking about. I get it. I'm an entertainer. I'm not a sports analyst. I'm here to entertain you. I'm not here to know every damn thing about the Cowboys. So you know what smart people do? They hire people smarter than them. They hire people that know that they know, may know a little bit more about what you're talking about. More to you. That's what smart people do. And that's what we did here at San Antonio Sports Star. Starting on uh, September 11th, after the morning after Cowboys played, whether that be Monday or Sunday or Thursday, going to be joined by ESPN's Todd Archer at 7.05. Also, the legend himself from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, Clarence Hill, will be every Tuesday morning at 7.05. And beginning August 28th, which is next Monday, Coach Trailer, yes, that's right, Coach Trailer, will be joining us on Mondays. Doesn't say the time on there, but just trust us that Coach Trailer will be here on Monday. I know he's also going to be on the Blitz. I don't know which day he's going to be on the Blitz. Maybe Mondays as well. Maybe Jason or Joe's listening. They'll let you know on their show. But I'm sure today on the Blitz, tune into the Blitz today and listen to Jason Minix. That concert that he was at, he went to two concerts for Metallica. Again, no hip hop. They just it's all heavy metal on this station. Yes, your fault, Pledger. Um, tune into the Blitz today. They'll tell you when Coach Trailer is going to be on, and Jason will tell you all about his fantastic weekend with his wife and daughter. Uh, Fridays, seven thirty, as always, blogging with the boys. RJ Ochoa, the star himself, is going to join us, and of course, seven a.m. on Fridays, the Mike McCarthy Show. My guy, taking all the bullets, taking all the blame, Dak throwing all the interceptions. Mike McCarthy. Taking all the blame. So that's just programming news and notes. And, of course, our play-by-play is going to be crazy this year as far as Cowboy games, NFL games, Monday night games, Thursday night. We're going to have it all, and we're going to have college as well. So we are going to be your one-stop shop, whether it be guest, whether it be us as far as talent, or whether it be your play-by-play. You don't need to leave this station of 94.1. We are going to make sure you don't have to leave this station all day long. Do you like Steph Curry? Yeah. I think he's a great role model, right? Second best point guard in league history. He was on the Gilbert Arenas podcast, and Gilbert Arenas asked him if he was the best point guard of all time. Are you the best point guard ever? Yes. Stop it. I have to, yes. Is Stop me magic? Is that the conversation? Yeah. You know, because, you know, as, as we can look at stats all day, right? You know, we can look at stats and try to judge. Um, I wasn't around with Magic. Me I know, I know, right? So <laughs> Me either. I know there's not a lot of 6'9 point guard. No one's trying. I, I'm, I'm thinking about the 90s growing up. There was nobody trying to be a 6'9 point guard, right? I mean, it mm-hmm. just. But I, I can witness and watch every kid trying to be Curry. You know what I mean? So it's like the influence that you really have on the game from the position as a player, I, you know, I look at the stats and say, okay, Magic, then Curry. When I look at the kids and I watch AAU, 
it's like, nah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, obviously, I have to answer it that way, but I really feel like, to your point, like, Magic's resume is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. all right, so the fact that we're even having that conversation is a, it's, that's a, <laughs> it's a place I never thought I'd be in. But the fact that, to your point, of like how you grade it in the whole conversation, that's why we have the conversations, because mm -hmm. it's fun and it's. Yeah. Is you know measuring errors against each other, and I love that's what basketball, what sports is all about. That's why people watch. That's why people get you know in heated debates about it. I love it. So you put me on my own team. Yeah, I'm gonna rep myself for sure. You're not even the second best. Love Steph. He's the, he's the real deal. He's the real deal. But he ain't even the second best. I, I got I got Zeke ahead of Steph. Speaking of Isaiah Thomas, and not the the little one. That played for the Celtics and 27 other teams. The Isaiah Thomas, Indiana University, Detroit Piston bad boy, low top Pumas, 6'1, getting busy, severely sprained ankle, dropping 25 in a quarter on the road. Go had to go up against the Celtics and their prime. Had MJ crying to the league. Had to go through magic. The only team that had to do that. And the only team that was able to do it. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't have, I do not have Steph Curry ahead of Isaiah Thomas. I'm sorry. I'm standing on it. He is not. And if we're just talking about point guard, Edwin, just in the truest sense of point guard, what that position means, point guard, is he better than Chris Paul? Yeah. At point guard? Yeah, he is. At playing point guard. He's a better facilitator than I think you give Excuse him credit for. Excuse me? No, then I think you give him credit for. He plays off the ball a lot because of Steve Kerr's system, but he can facilitate. He can create. He's a point guard. He's a better point guard than Chris Paul. Yeah. You do know where Chris Paul is on the all-time assist lead and, and steals. And everywhere Chris Paul has gone, he's had success. He just hasn't had a super team like, like Curry has. He's never been on a super team. Do you think John Stockton's a better point guard than Steph? Pure point guard? No. No. And you can't say Chris Paul is. James Pledger, YouTube, screw Zeke, Oscar Robertson, Mr. Triple Double. Great point. I might not I don't even know. I don't even know if I got Steve. I don't even know if I got Steph ahead of Oscar. Neff Ozuna says Magic, Isaiah, Steve Nash was bet Neff, cut it out. Stop it. Stop it. Look, I like Steve Nash. Steve Nash, but see, the, 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 I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you, Neff. I'm gonna be totally honest with you. I don't know how to not be transparent when this microphone turns on. I have a there's a there's a dark spot for Steve Nash from me. I feel like he stole one of Kobe's MVPs. I do. I think Kobe, I want to say 06, 05. Steve Nash won back-to-back -back MVPs, Neff. So I feel you. I feel you. I'm not poo-pooing on Steve Nash's career. But the reason I'm harder on the reason I'm hard on Steve Nash is because I feel like he stole one of Kobe's MVPs. My guy should have two regular season MVPs. So I'm a little bit biased on that one. So I'll be I'll be totally transparent on that. But I don't think Steve Nash is better than Steph Curry. But I do think Zeke is better. And the other guy that's a point guard that's not listed as a point guard, but he is a point guard, I don't think Steph's a better point guard than LeBron James. And I know Steph ain't playing point this year. 
this year he's gonna be he's gonna be playing off the ball. He's because Chris Paul, they went and got Chris Paul. Chris Paul's gonna be the point guard of that team. I don't know if they're gonna win a title, but Chris Paul's gonna be running the one. So no, but John Stockton, no, nah, I don't I'm not putting him ahead of Steph. Magic, of course, but for you to for him to answer that question so quickly, yes. What? And then you the best point guard ever. Yes. What? And then you then I guess you can't like again, I'm I'm fine with the answer because we ask athletes to be honest. We hate when athletes we don't hate it. But like perfect example for what we had to deal with 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 our Spurs. Like they didn't really give us anything and as we love them and we took, we accepted them for what they were. They put us on the map. They got us titles. They brought us prominence. They put us on the national spotlight regardless of the ratings and all that stuff. So we love them. We accepted it. But we want more from our athletes. We don't want the boring answers that Dak gives us. So props to Steph. But the thing about it is, keep in mind, he's sitting there next to Gilbert Arenas. You know, I don't know if myself or Rob would have got that answer out of him. Like, you get comfortable when you're with the dogs, when you're with your peers, when you're with guys that laced them up, you with guys that actually went out there and put in work. You get a little bit more comfortable. You kind of lay back. Y'all chilling. Y'all just chopping it up. And he got a little, you know, got a little beside himself to say, oh, yeah, I'm better than Magic. And then you come back and double back. Oh, man, I have so much respect for him. Magic went to nine finals. Only people that Ma- – Magic could easily have eight rings, but he had to play that – he had to play that dude from Fritch Lick, Indiana. He had to play – he had to play Moses Malone, fo 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 fo, and Dr. J, eighty three, when they swept the Lakers. Like it, you, you got to really think who who what who who kept Magic from getting eight titles, dogs, alphas, all time greats. Ryan, my main man on digital, says Rudy wants all the smoke today. I want all the smoke every day. I ain't here to please y'all. I ain't here to kiss y'all's ass. I'm here to tell y'all how it is. I'm here to plant my flag. I'm here to stand ten toes on anything I anything I say. Rudolph Gonzalez, Steph is a small shooting guard, but he's labeled as a floor general. I kind of agree with that, Rudy. I know he's a point, but I don't know. He don't feel like a point guard to me. He doesn't. He feels like a small shooting guard to me. It's Steve Kerr's system because he plays off the ball a bunch, and they have Draymond handling the ball and stuff. But he ain't Isaiah, dog. I don't. Again. I guess that's why it's tough to compare eras. But there's this thing called YouTube. Go YouTube Isaiah Thomas, man. He won a national title in college as well. Now, he we went to Indiana. He played for Bob Knight. That was, you know, they had a really, really good team. But still, he's not Isaiah. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. He might be fourth best behind Magic, Isaiah, and LeBron. And if you were playing five on five, are you picking Steph Curry before you pick AI? If yeah. you have you at LA Fitness and we run in, are you picking Steph before you pick AI? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Perfect example. And this is why I throw AI in the conversation. AI's O one team that got all the way to the finals and got beat 4-1 by the Lakers. Steph Curry can't get that team to the finals. Eric Snow and Aaron McKee and Dikembe Mutombo. Steph Curry cannot get them to the finals. Hell no, he can't. Hell no, he couldn't get that team to the finals. I always say what was more impressive. 
Step, excuse me, AI's 01 team getting to the finals or LeBron's 07 team getting to the finals? What's more impressive to y'all? Because both were really, really impressive and both got dog walked once they got to the finals. The Spurs dog walked LeBron's 07 team. And Kobe and Shaq lost one. That was the only game that the Lakers lost in that entire playoff run. It's because they had like 20 days off because they had swept the Spurs, they had swept Sacramento, and they had swept some Portland. They swept Portland, Sacramento, and the Spurs. Like, dog walked all three of them and had to wait like 15 days. And by the time Philly was done getting to the finals, they were kind of came out with the cobwebs. I think AI dropped damn near 50, does the step over on Tyron Lue, but then the Lakers never looked back and they win that series 4 1. What was more impressive to y'all? AI 01, LeBron 07. 656 Text me or YouTube me or tweet me. But no, Steph Curry, that's why I threw AI in this conversation. Because we've seen Steph with lesser teams. They were they were in the lottery. Now, he didn't have Clay. He didn't have Clay. He didn't have Clay, but they end up picking James Wiseman second overall. Y'all really think Steph Curry could get that 07 Cleveland team to the finals? Beat beat Chauncey Billups Pistons? Go for 26 straight points? You think he could take that Cleveland team to the finals? No. And I know for damn sure he wouldn't take it to Kembe McCumbo, Aaron McKee, and Eric Snow to the finals on that 0-1 Larry Brown coach team. Hell no. Uh-uh. No, sir. Not at all. So I I hear you, Steph. I hear you. Yeah, that 0-1 AI. But that 0-7 LeBron, don't sleep on that 0-7 LeBron team. Joshua Menez, LeBron's 0-7 team was the worst team to make it to the finals. LeBron gained a lot of respect for taking that trash to the finals. I agree. Don't sleep on how bad that team was. There was, that was a real bad team, but I always like to compare those two teams. We got two votes for, oh, well, three votes for 01 AI and one vote right now for LeBron 07. Keep them coming in. What was a better accomplishment? They're both lost, but still a hell of an accomplishment. A lot of people on LeBron James, including Stephen A. Smith, a lot of people giving him a lot of crap because in the this Hall of Fame induction where we had Becky and we had Becky Hammond, we had Greg Popovich, we had Tony Parker, and we had one Dwayne Wade. But there was somebody significant missing, and it was LeBron James. The entire Heatles were there. The Heatles were there, all except LeBron. People on him. Everybody, every, anytime there's a reason to get on LeBron, people do it. I'm one of them. I line up to kick him while he's down, too. I ain't going to lie. But in this situation, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. That's his guy, his guy. That's his bro. I mean, they traveling together, family, probably each other's kids, godfather, like, that's a real bond there. I'm willing to, I bet a mortgage payment, and it's not even that much. My mortgage is not that high. I do radio. Um, Need more money. We all do. Um, I bet a mortgage payment, though, that they called, that LeBron called D-Wave. was like, hey, man, I ain't going to be able to make it X, Y, Z. I'm so sorry. Love you, man. You know I would be there. He was, the, the reason you know there had to be a great excuse, he went to Chris Bosh's. Now, Chris Bosh got the biggest rebound in Heels history. <laughs> maybe that's why <laughs> save LeBron from losing another finals but I digress he was at Chris Bosh's Hall of Fame induction you think he didn't want to be at D Wade's there had to be a great reason now is it is bad optics when he shows up with Bronny to the Drake concert last night and Drake had on a terrible outfit you can google it if you didn't see it Drake one of the best artists to ever do it but one of the worst dressers to ever walk the planet earth as far as this hip-hop community goes guy needs a stylist in the worst way he should call me i can help him out but drake dresses horrible but he walked out 
with LeBron and Bronny. So that looks weird when you're like, damn, because Edwin kind of gave it, you know, we were talking about it in the break. And I was like, is that weird? And Edwin was like, well, keep in mind his son did just have pretty much a heart attack. Cardiac. He was son just went into cardiac arrest. Maybe he didn't want to leave his son's side. And them walking out in L.A. to in the concert with Drake. I mean, they live there, so you don't have to travel. I don't know. But I'm going to give LeBron the benefit of the doubt on that one. There's no way he missed D. Wade's Hall of Fame induction without a really, really, really good reason. So I'm not going to kill him for that. I, I, I just refuse to do that. Anyway, 656-3776. Steph Curry, best point guard of all time, in y'all's opinion? Or is he even top three? Is he even top five? Pledger chimed in on YouTube saying, hey, man, I don't even know if he's better than Oscar Robinson. Mr. Triple-Double. But I ask the question, is he even better than Chris Paul? He's better than Russell Westbrook, right? Yeah. Okay. I'll just make sure. I'm just going, I'm just running down the list. Jay Glenn, YouTube, LeBron couldn't miss that hair painting appointment. Wow. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? Like, that is unnecessary. And I take I take my shots at LeBron, but the hair jokes the hair jokes ain't funny because I'm bald. And I'm I'm gonna tell y'all something. I'm gonna tell y'all something right now. I run into some money. I run real money, real 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 money. Like I'm fine. I do fine. I do well. I'm blessed. I'm grateful. I prayed for days like this. I'm grateful for the job I have. I'm grateful for the money I make. But if I run into some real money, oh y'all gonna see Rudy with hair. I'm going to go get me a man wig. I don't know if y'all seen the man wigs. I'm going to go get me some waves. And I and, and guess what? And I'm and I'm I'm going to be smiling. I'm going to be chin up, chest out. I'm going to get some waves if I get if I run into some real money. Women wear women wear extensions. Women wear wigs. They wear eyelashes. They got lip fillers, booties, breasts. But I can't go get I can't go get some waves. Stop it. I run into some real money. I'm going to get a man wig. You know, I think it's called a unit, a man unit. I'm going to get one. Google a man wig. They put this big old patch of hair on you. It's real hair, but it already has waves in it. They put it on you. They glue it down, and then they trim it up, and they they edge you up. Man, it looks great. It looks great. Now, the thing I don't like about LeBron, I think he does those, like, plugs. I don't like the plugs. Just go on and do the man, the man unit. That's what it's called. Do the man unit. I can't wait. Let me run into some money. Y'all going to be made. That's why I don't make fun of LeBron about the hair. Y'all don't know what it's like being bald. Y'all don't know what it's like, man. Let me tell you why I don't like being bald. There is 10,775,643 black bald men with beards. We all look the same. I'm tired of looking like every bald black. I look like Marcus Spears. You know what I'm saying? I look just like Marcus Spears. You know, Marcus is a little bit bigger than me now that I've been on my on my weight loss journey, but I look like so many black dudes. I'm tired of it. I'm going to get me some waves. Let me get some bread, man. Y'all going to be mad at me. Jay Glenn on YouTube says, don't do it. I'm doing it. And I'm not going to care what y'all think. That's another freedom that y'all don't understand. That's another freedom. Really not giving a damn is, is life-changing. It's life-changing when you really, really don't give a damn. And I'm going to get me a man wig, and it's going to have waves. One day y'all going to see me, I'm going to be bald. The next day I'm going to have waves. And uh, you know I'm going to take a whole bunch of pictures. Fred Robert Casares, LeBron didn't want to see the Spurs again. Too many memories. 
I heard somebody say that. Somebody called Stephen A. Show and said, I don't think he wanted to be around that many Spurs at the Hall of Fame induction. <laughs> hey, man, he won one against the Spurs. He won one. You know, he's all right. That first one didn't count. That one didn't even count. More football talk on the other side. Rudy J. Edwin Hafner, 94-1, San Antonio Sports Star. All guests appearing on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star appear on the Buyers Barricades guest line. Buyers Barricades provides traffic control rental and sales for San Antonio and beyond. Online at buyersbarricades.com. Good morning, everybody. Joe Ryan Eagle here. Coming up on The Blitz, we're going to talk to Indy Kalu, all things Houston Texans. Have they named a starter yet? We'll ask Indy. He's joining us at 3.30. Plus, we got a special treat just for you, a pair of tickets to the Cowboys-Raiders game this Saturday night. You'll have your opportunity. Rudy, Rob, y'all can't play. No need to play, Joe. I'm a credentialed member of the media. All right. Now, if I had the Southwest points that Jason has, I'd be up there a lot more often than watching the Cowboy games. But yes, as Joe just alluded to, they're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to that last preseason game um, with against the Raiders up there, Jerry World. And each week, well, each home week, obviously, each week we're going to be giving away a pair of Cowboy tickets. We'll rotate one week. The uh, well, obviously, the first regular season game. At Jerry's World, we'll be giving the tickets away. Then the Blitz will get the next pair. Then we'll get a pair. Then they'll get a pair. So we're going to rotate, but we're going to be hooking y'all up. We're going to be taking care of y'all. We're going to be making sure you're tapped into 941, whether it be the tickets, whether it be the guests. Don't forget Hot Ticket Thursday. We got the best guests. We got Mike McCarthy. We got Stephen Jones. We got Todd Archer. We got Clarence Hill. We got John Mashoda. You heard Indy Kalu, the general. It's never been, it's ne- Jeff Trailer. It has, well, since I've been listening to Sports Talk Radio and since about 98, never been a lineup like this, ever, ever. Not here, not across the street, not the small time CBS was here. Never been this many great guests on one station, ever, in your life. Have you heard this? Now, I know my main man, Don Harris, used to have uh, the Greg Popovich show, which was dope. That was dope because Pop don't do that type of stuff. That was dope. I got a tip. But that's Don, though. You know, Don's a legend. That's different. You know, that's my guy. He, that, that, that's a little bit different. That was that was super dope because Pop don't do those things. But other than that, nothing can touch what San Antonio Sports Star is doing. Don't lie to yourselves. Don't lie to yourselves. It's not healthy. But now the thing about it with these Dallas Cowboy tickets that we're going to be giving away. Yeah, I know on Hot Ticket Thursday, it just depends on what number Rob and Jason are pondering on. And number nine, or if Pledger pisses Jason off and he wants Pledger to stay long, Jason will say caller 25. It's not going to be that. You're going to have to work for these. It may be trivia. It may be listening for a sounder. It is not going to be just, hey, at 920, we're going to give away cowboy tickets. And you just sit around and you're going to be calling number eight. We will not be doing that. I repeat, we will not be doing that. You're going to have to work for these. These tickets cost too much money. For us to just hand them to you because you got lucky on a phone call. No, we're going to make you work for them. And it'll be worth it. I mean, I've been to Jerry World twice. Twice. Yeah, twice. The tailgate is better than the game to me. Like, there's tailgates and then there's tailgates at Jerry World. The, the tailgate, don't get it twisted now. 
UTSA tailgate is also really, 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 really fun. Like UTSA, I've had some days. I'm talking about I've had some tailgates at UTSA. I don't want to even talk about it. There's some pictures that I hope, you know, stay locked away. UTSA tailgate is fun. But when I went to that Jerry World tailgate, man, the tailgate I was at with my cousin, it was like four TVs, free food, unlimited booze. I was ready to stay outside. I was like, yo, let's stay outside. But my wife was with me and she was like, I've never been inside. I want to go inside. And then we went inside and it wasn't the tailgate. The tailgate was still a better setup. It was, and it was, everything was free. My cousin had us laid out and we was right across the street where the tailgate was set up. We were literally across the street from Walmart. We could walk to the Walmart, go get more beer if we needed to, whatever. Yes, Gilbert, I did a Dallas Cowboy Stadium tour for one of my family reunions. They set up, we were in the locker room, all that good stuff. That was, that was a fantastic time too. But the Cowboy tailgate is fire. Now it's expensive. Oh, that's right. I did a different tailgate also with my man Dave Sears from Alamo Cycleplex. He has like a Ben's Winnebago. That was fire. That was fire too. That was a tailgate, but we went in on that one. Now that game was a different. Now that was different. Shout out to Dave at Alamo Cycleplex. I was sixth row. Okay. <laughs> I was in the seats where I didn't have to watch the Jumbotron. That's, and y'all know, y'all, anybody that's been to Jerry World, y'all know, six row ticket is. That's prime real estate. You don't you don't get that. Like no, you know that, that's not normal. Now that was different. I'll give that. But now when the, the other time I went with some friends and I went with my wife, we sat in some zone, one like a party zone. The, the tailgate was way better. But Jerry World tailgate is fire. So yes, we're gonna make y'all work for those tickets. We we can't just hand those over with caller number nine. Man, yeah, football season gets started. Yes, Gilberto, I haven't been to a UT tailgate. I've never been to a UT game. I've never been to an A&M game. That's unfortunate. Considering I'm really a stone's throw away, I have no idea why I haven't gone to a Longhorn game. I guess because all the ones that I want to go to, they're the games that I use. It's just almost like I would have loved to have gone to see Alabama, but, I mean, I can't get that ticket. And the thing about it, when you're in my job, certain prices I'm just not willing to pay. Like, I'll pay for certain things when it comes to sporting events. Maybe, maybe. But when we're talking about Alabama UT, and I know that, you know, with the right strings, I could get a credential and get in. I just I just have a hard time paying. So the games that I've wanted to go to, there's just the games that are just far too expensive. But I got to get to a UT game. I got to – Rob has an – and then my partner, supposed to be my friend. He is my friend. He takes good care of me when he can. But how is Rob not taking me to an Aggie game? I bet he's taking Minix. He's taking his ex. I'm sure he's taking his ex-boyfriend, Jason Minix. He ain't took me, though. I'm kind of starting to feel a way about that. Maybe I'll just call Andrew Monaco myself and get some tickets and just go with my family since Rob don't want to take me. Hopefully Rob's feeling better tomorrow. And if he's not, stay gone, Rob. If you're listening, hopefully you're in bed getting some rest. But if you're not 100%, don't come in here with the cooties. It's too airtight in here. And you got to use Joe's mic. I don't want I don't want you passing anything to Joe. Joe's getting up there in age. It takes a little bit. It takes a little while for him to recover from sickness. Y'all, y'all guys that are pushing 60, y'all AARP guys, y'all take a little bit longer to heal. I ain't there with y'all yet. I'm the young boy on the station. Well, talent. I know you're talent too, but you don't, yeah. I'm the young boy on the station. Is it Super Bowl or bust for all 32 teams? Absolutely not. But there's a lot of teams, and that's the beauty of the NFL. Everybody feels like at the beginning of the season, 
they have a chance. Well, I got some dark horses for you. I'm going to give you dark horses from each division that have a chance to go play in the Roomba that is Las Vegas. I cannot wait. Starting in the AFC East. My dark horse that could possibly get out to Las Vegas in February is, you said it, Tua Tungavailoa. He's been taking jujitsu. He's been learning how to fall. He's not going to have that many concussions. He's got Waddle. He's got Tech. Tyreek Hill. Now, Xavier Howard can beat the charges. For those that haven't that, that haven't heard, Xavier Howard, all-world DB for the Dolphins. In a little bit of hot water, allegedly recorded some young lady while they were having relations without her consent and shared it with other young ladies that refused to have relations with him. So I guess what they're alleging is, you know, Howard, you know, Tried to get at the girls and they were like, hey, no, we don't want you. So he sends his he sends a video of him in action. Like, well, this is what you're missing. Allegedly. So all I can say, young ladies out there, just don't send news. Don't let anybody record you because he's going to show somebody. I guarantee you. But if all that works out, the Dolphins are a dark horse to make it out of the AFC East and all the way to the Super Bowl. Moving on to the AFC North. He's two years removed from massages. He's knocked the rust off. He has Nick Chubb. He has Amari Cooper when Amari Cooper feels like playing. He has one of the best edge rushers in the game in Miles Garrett. That's right. I'm talking about the Cleveland Browns, a.k.a. the mistake by the lake. They're my dark horse out of the AFC North. If Deshaun Watson can turn that clock back. Now, keep in mind, now he's going to need Amari Cooper to feel like playing. Cowboy fan, y'all know how Amari Cooper is. He's okay not being on the field in the most important play of the game. Helmet on his hip, laughing, smiling, no, no beef at all, just happy. If Amari Cooper's locked in, watch out for the Browns. AFC South. Long hair, don't care. That's right. The hair is hanging out from underneath the helmet. Coming back from 27-0 in the, excuse me, in the wild card round versus the other long hair, don't care, Justin Herbert. That's right, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Super Bowl pedigree with Doug Peterson. I like what they've built. They're young. They're hungry. Chip on their shoulder. Late in the third Early fourth, they're in that game against the Chiefs. Bad, ugly, horrible interception by long hair. Don't care. Late in that game against the Chiefs, they end up losing. You're not supposed to beat the Chiefs yet, but watch out for those Jags as a dark horse. Moving all the way over to the AFC West. He's been in trouble for, what was it? Uh, When they, uh, Bounty Gate. Won a Super Bowl when New Orleans was just in shambles. The team didn't know. We tried to steal their team away. Drew Brees couldn't throw the ball anymore. Sean Payton is a wizard. Everybody's written Russell Wilson off. My co-host has written him off, said he's washed up. I think Sean Payton can fix all those problems that Nathaniel Hackett laid upon the Denver Broncos. The defense is fine. I don't have, I don't have any concerns about the Broncos' defense. But if they can take care of those pre-snap penalties and he can make, hold Russell accountable for his uh, turnovers, watch out for the Broncos making that quick jump over to the Las Vegas for a uh, dark horse in the Super Bowl. NFC North. Everybody's high on the Lions. Everybody's talking about the Lions. Me too. I like the Detroit Lions. But my dark horse, jet black horse out of the NFC North is Jordan Love, Matt LaFleur, and the Green Bay Packers. What's the best thing for a gr- a, a young quarterback? A really good play caller and a really good running game. And the Green Bay Packers have both. NFC South, 
A lot of people high on this team as well because the South is down. We don't know what Atlanta's going to be, but we know Carolina's not ready. And we know Tampa Bay. They got Baker Mayfield and, and Kyle Trask. Hell no, it ain't going to be them. A lot of people high on the Saints, but we're talking about Dark Horse to get all the way to the Super Bowl. They legit have two starting quarterbacks. And I think at some point this season, Jameis Winston takes that job over. He looked fantastic in preseason game two. Three drives, three scores. And he's got a chip on his shoulder as well. He is a national champion, too. And he has that starting quarterback pedigree through for, what, 35, 40 touchdowns a couple years ago. Had 35, 40 interceptions. <laughs> but nonetheless, he threw for 35, 40 touchdowns as well. Watch out for the Saints. NFC West. DK Metcalf and Jigba. Lockett. K-9. Pete Carroll. Surfboard Pete. And, of course, the reinvigorated Geno Smith. Watch out for those Seattle Seahawks, man. They got into the playoffs last year. I think they're going to be even better this year. Of course, the 49ers. Of course, the Eagles. You know what I mean? Yeah, we get it. They should be at the top of the NFC. NFC is down right now. But Dark Horse, I'm rolling with the Seahawks. And last but not least, the NFC East. When you haven't been to an NFC title game since 96, you ain't been to the Super Bowl since 96. You haven't really done anything since 96. You've got to be considered a dark horse, even if you're one of the favorites, even if you won, you won a division recently. I'm rolling with your and ours. When I say ours, I'm talking about San Antonio Sports Star. Your Dallas Cowboys as a dark horse to make it all the way to Las Vegas. On paper, this is a February team. There aren't many holes. The only hole that everybody's talking about is backup offensive line. What team's backup offensive line isn't? A, a, a sight for sore eyes. Everybody. I saw Patrick Mahomes run backwards 400 yards versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because his offensive line was trash. There is no overcoming a bad offensive line. And of course their backups are bad. Everybody's backups on the offensive line are bad. Other than that, there are no holes on this team. Two solid, two number one wide receivers. Tony Pollard is going to be running for a new deal. Dak Prescott playing for a new deal. Micah Parsons is trying to get $40 million. Diggs got the bag. He went and got Gilmore. The safeties, they're loaded at safety. How many safeties they got? Four, five different safeties? They got to make some. They're going to be cut. Dallas team on paper so good. They're going to be cutting players that are going to go start somewhere else. This is a February team. But you got to be a dark horse when you ain't done a damn thing since 95. So that's my dark horses. Miami, Cleveland, Jacksonville. Broncos, Cowboys, Packers, Saints, and the Seahawks. And before you kill me on Twitter, and before you kill me on the text, and before you kill me on YouTube, keep in mind, I did say these are dark horses. What music is that? What's the name of that song called? It gets me hyped. It gets me pumped up. I think it's just the NFL Blitz music. No, I like it. I like it a lot. It gets me ready. It is football season. It's about that time to break forth the rhythm and the rhyme. Fantasy drafts? Anybody got their fantasy drafts coming up? I guess we're not doing a San Antonio Sports Star draft, which I'm t- perfectly fine with. I really don't want to play this year. Fantasy, it, it takes up too much time, man. Like, I hate being somewhere. Like, the thing about it is, like, even when you're out somewhere, you're on, you got to be on your damn phone all day. Got to be watching the waiver wire. You got to see who points. And it's fun. It is fun. Don't get me wrong, but it makes you watch, like, Fantasy football is the only damn thing you can see. You, I'm, I'm literally sitting there rooting against Justin Fields because I'm playing him in fantasy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sitting there watching the Bears and like, well, damn, he has Justin Fields. Justin Fields already has a 60-yard touchdown. If he 
if he if he runs 10 more yards, I lose my fantasy, but I win my game. I don't want to do that. I, I get it. I've won fantasy. When I'm locked in, nobody's beating me. Nobody's beating me. It's just it's just that simple. But I just got to be locked in. I'm like Amari Cooper. Like when I'm locked in, I'm one of the best. I I remember winning. I was, I think one year I won three or four three leagues out of four. Took my kids Christmas shopping with that money. Like I could do that every year if I really wanted to lock in. But I don't really want to lock in. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of time and effort if you want to win it. And I don't play. I play to win. I play to win. I think we are. Fred, Robert, Caceres, hey, Rudy J, are y'all doing pro pick this year? I don't see that going away. We do pro pick every year. Now, I am going to be doing a pick em league with my good buddy Bo out there at Golf Club of Texas. He hit up myself and Jason and Pledger about doing a pick em league. Now, you know, that's different, like picking the games and picking spreads. That's different. I don't have to sit there and be paying attention to receivers and, well, this guy got hurt, so now I got to get up in the morning and hit the waiver wire. I don't want to do all that. But pro pick them, I'm down to do that. I can do that in my sleep. But, yeah, I think I'm going to skip. If we don't do a station fantasy, probably not playing this year. And that's no disrespect fantasy, guys. Y'all really make the NFL what it is. Y- yourselves and gamblers. Y'all make the NFL the juggernaut that it is. They have fantasy shows. They The, 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 the damn injury report is for gambling and for fantasy. So no knock against it. I'm not calling you, you know, geeks or nothing like that because I'm a fantasy geek. I just don't feel like doing it this year. So I won't. There's that. You want Jonathan Taylor? Or are you good with Tony Pollard and Rico Dowdle and all those guys? You know how much they would be paying the running back? I know. Room if they Jonathan <laughs> I'm kidding. Taylor. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But speaking of the running back room for the Cowboys, a lot of talk that Deuce may have played his way into not even having to play the final preseason game. Same with Rico Dowdle. Same with the few Cowboys that have already, they're pretty much, we know that they've made the team. But now I'm hearing, and Mike McCarthy said he hasn't decided on who's going to be, who's going to play, let alone who's going to start. But the running back room, you know, it's going to be, I think it's coming down to Rico and Deuce, who's like legit RB2. Now the thing about it is, I think you can give it to Rico because you're going to use Deuce in so many other places, you're gonna be, he's going to be specialty. He's going to be special teams. The reason I say special teams, I I really think, I think Turbin has played his way into the fifth receiver, and I think he's going to. I think they're going to use him a lot more in offensive sets. I mean, I'm just going off Mike McCarthy. I don't want to call my guy a liar. Mike McCarthy said they got to find a way to get him the ball. CD said if there's somebody, they got to find a way to work into the offense. They said it was going to be Turpin. So I think with if Turpin's going to take more actual offensive snaps, maybe Deuce, even though when we were there out there, uh, Cowboy Camp, he muffed a couple punts. He's kind of redeemed himself, and he scored two touchdowns. Rico scored a touchdown too, but I think Deuce may take over the special teams duties sometimes here and there, and they work Turpin in more on uh, the offensive side of the ball. So again, a lot of great things on paper. Can the Cowboys make it translate, and can they execute the game plan once the lights are the brightest, as uh, my main man Herm Edwards says. Fun show today, man. Fun show today. I hate when Rob's not here. Um, it's not the same. It's not r r in the morning. It's not the same. You know, we're a team. But nonetheless, a good time. Pledge just text me that if Rob is still sick, if Rob's still sick tomorrow, Pledger will be with me tomorrow. Don't forget, the Blitz is coming up today at 2. They're going to be joined by um, San Antonio Hall of Famer. 
if I'm not mistaken, Indy Kalu, or is that Texas Hall of Fame? Was that San Antonio Sports Hall of Fame, or was that Texas? San Antonio. Oh, San Antonio Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, Indy Kalu played for the Eagles and the Texans. He played for the Texans, too. I don't know. He played for a lot of teams, but they're going to be talking Texans with Indy Kalu at 3.30. Don't forget, Stephen Jones Thursdays, Mike McCarthy Friday, R.J. Bachoa Friday, Clarence Hill Jr. on Tuesdays at 7, ESPN's Todd Archer after every Cowboy game. So if it's a Monday night game, he'll join us Tuesday. If it's Sunday, so on and so forth, 7.05. We're chock full. It's going to be a really, really, really good football season. So I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to being back here tomorrow morning at 6. Lord, it's early wake-ups. I don't think I've gotten used to mornings yet, just yet. Nonetheless, great show, Steph Curry. And anything that you guys may have missed, if you just tuned in and you're like, damn, I missed a good show. You did. But guess what? You can still hear it. You can go to sasportstar.com slash audio vault and listen to whatever part. All, all four hours were fantastic. I mean, it was great radio, but still not the same without my guy here. We'll be back at the same time tomorrow. I had a blast. You guys, Edwin, you knocked down all your shots, man. You knocked down all your shots. I can come back to you. Sarnar in the morning. Tune into the Blitz at 2.